This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. 602, welcome in. It's the championship drive edition of the opening kickoff. Mark Heim and Lee Shervanian with you for the next three hours. We're in Air Sports One. We're on the campus of Cottage Hill Christian Academy, where we'll be for the next three hours. Lee, we got plenty to get to today, sir. Mark, uh, when you talk championship drive, uh, that leads to our guest at 730. Uh, Cottage Hill yesterday announced the hiring of a brand new football coach, uh, Stacy Luker, who has six state titles. He'll be our guest at 7.30, so we're certainly looking forward to that. Uh, he had five at Sweetwater and one at Clark County. He recently retired at Clark County, and there's a very interesting story, which I'll let Chris Brazel, who's the headmaster here, talk about when he comes on very shortly. going to talk a lot of basketball, a coach you're very familiar with. Adam Thomas is going to join us at 6.30. In addition to talking about spring sports, uh, we'll talk about some of the games that occurred yesterday to sum up listen to this alabama advances scored 96 points brandon miller had no points go figure auburn beats iowa advances to the round of 32 after their win yesterday with their guards coming through in the clutch and in particular one guard who didn't really do that much this year trey donaldson had uh, i'm not going to say a career night but very close to it Two major upsets. Mark, I think one of the most fascinating stories, Furman and Princeton. Let's go to Princeton first of all. Their last NCAA tournament win was 1998. One of their leading scorers in that game was Mitch Henderson. They beat UNLV. He had 19 points in 1998. They had not won a tournament game since. He's the coach. They won yesterday over the second seed, Arizona. Arizona became the 11th number two seed to lose in the opening round. And it's the second time that has occurred to that school. They were the Pac-12 champs. Furman, that is even a deeper story. They had not won an NCAA tournament game since 1975. That's when you only had 24 or 25 teams in there. And yesterday they shocked Virginia. And I'll say this, in if there's a team that somehow, some way, is going to find its way into the shocking upset, somehow it's going to be Virginia. Would you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's that the end of that game is going to haunt Virginia forever because uh, of the way. It, it's not just that they lost, but the way in which they lost. That, that, that pass there at the end, I don't know what that kid was doing. I got it. Can I interrupt? That was not a freshman or a sophomore. Mark, he is a veteran of that team. He was a mainstay when they beat uh, Auburn. Remember back when, uh, 2019, when Auburn went to the Final Four? This is a kid that's been around the program. This is not some kid that was inserted in there in the last minute. He had, uh, I think he's a senior now. But you don't expect that from, uh, let's say, a player who's been through the uh, ringers before. So anybody that saw it, so he had the ball on the on the baseline. They had the court, full court to go. He got double teamed, and um, and he just freaked out. He just, he you know, he could have held on to the ball. He could have thrown it off a guy's leg, uh, whatever. Instead, he just kind of hummed it down court. He had a guy wide open, but he just he underthrew it. I guess he got too much air on it. He threw up a rainbow, and um, 
and the Furman kid caught it, made one pass, they hit the three. It was that, I mean, seriously, that kid will be, will have nightmares the rest of his life. Uh, that That's how unbelievably dumb that pass was. Now, they did have a timeout or no? Correct me. I, I thought they did, but I wasn't sure. He could have called, I think he could have called a timeout. I heard one commentator say that. I agree with you. Throw it off somebody's leg or basically take the 10 take, second yes, violation viol- anything <laughs> but you don't expect that from a veteran as you know and, and and again i know and here's the other thing too what as a coach mark what do you taught on inbound plays like that don't get trapped in the corner yeah right yeah no it was uh it was a that to me that was the biggest don't play of the day uh that one was that one's tough to swallow if you're a Virginia fan for sure. Pegues hit the three pointer. That's something that'll be played continually through the uh, NCAA tournament. Now the SEC tied a record. I believe they tied it. I don't know if they broke it. Five SEC teams won yesterday. That ties an NCAA tournament record. Most wins by a conference in, on the opening round. Uh, the only loss was Texas A&M, which really surprised me. I it did. I was really, I and mean, you know these. I was looking forward to a Texas Texas A&M game. That's not going to happen. I don't know what happened to A&M, Mark. For a while there, going into the SEC tournament and and while i am not the biggest fan of buzz williams you know that i do think he's a darn good coach i really do and i don't know what happened they fell flat on their face against alabama in the sec title game and yesterday lost to penn state and and most people including myself thought that a&m would win that game so they're out they're the only well mississippi state was also eliminated in one of those playing games so the only sec school left today is kentucky against providence did you see the scheduling for a Saturday with uh, Auburn and Alabama? They're putting them at night in Birmingham. I thought for sure they'd be during the daytime, but Auburn gets Houston. Uh, Houston won, but not convincingly. They struggled a bit to beat Northern Kentucky, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But that game is going to start about 6-10 on TBS, and then Alabama and Maryland will get the late game at 8:40. And, Mark, as you know, in NCAA tournament play, or is basically any play, guard play is so important. Auburn has a chance. They really do. Houston is really hurting at the guard position. Sasser tried to play. They took him out after 14 minutes. He was the uh, player of the year in the conference and one of the best scorers in the nation. He's got a groin injury. We know we've talked about groin injuries with Brandon Miller. He's bothered by a groin injury and how it may have affected him. Sasser played a little. He came out. And then their other guard, uh, Sheet, I think his name is, hyperextended his knee. So their two top guards are very iffy. They may play, but they're not at full strength when Auburn takes the floor tomorrow night. Yeah, I thought I thought Auburn uh, played well. I, I didn't see a whole lot of the first half, but saw most of the second half. Uh, you saw the better part yeah. because they didn't shoot well. But I'll say this for Auburn. And, and you know, Iowa had the reputation of not turning the ball over. I think they averaged uh, single digits for turnovers. Auburn only turned it over seven times and as somebody who has followed Auburn a lot this year that's remarkable because they weren't throwing the ball all over the place and they weren't giving Iowa extra shots and what you saw I think they hit seven out of 13 three-pointers in the second half they were like one for nine in the first half yet they still had the lead in the first half yeah uh so it was a great first day of uh of NCAA tournament basketball uh there were some other stories that popped up so now everybody under the moon has uh, 
has tried to discredit this New York Times story about the fourth Alabama player being in the car. Now, a New York Times spokesperson told the Associated Press that they stand by their reporting. But the kid came out with a, a, a statement. Alabama came out with a statement. Uh, the kid's father, who's an athletic director, came out with a statement, all, all, all saying that that report was grossly inaccurate. Yet here we are with the New York Times saying we stand by our reporting. Well, I guess we'll just have to see. Uh, he said, she said. That's that's what it looks like to me. I, I read the same stories you did, and uh, I, I don't I don't really know what to say. I, I would hope that the kid is telling the truth. I mean, he says he was nowhere near the vicinity, and then the lawyer says we'll prove it. <laughs> so so there, this is an added this is an added element to the case. To be honest about it, even though he's obviously not going to be implicated in the case, and I don't know if he's a cooperative witness. Obviously, if he's not there, he's not a witness. But um, yeah, just some added leverage, or at, let's say piling. If you want to use the word Paul used yesterday, a little piling on. Uh, but nevertheless, Alabama they really looked good yesterday, and they never gave Texas A&M Corpus Christi much of a chance. If you remember, Ronnie. Arrow on the show yesterday, Mark said, Don't run with Alabama. AM tried to run with them, didn't work out well. And Alabama, they were hitting their three pointers. How many times? Well, first of all, Brandon Miller has never had a game where he was scoreless. His lowest output, only one game this year, he was in single digits. That was the Houston game, which Alabama won. But to score over 90 points, and your leading scorer had no points. He was 0 for 6 shooting. I think he played just 19 minutes. But here's the deal. Put that aside. You wonder how effective can he be against Maryland and down the road? Well, to Ronnie's point, you you, you couldn't sit in a half court with Alabama because Alabama's so tall and lanky, right? So Corpus Christi relies heavily on their three-point shot. They just couldn't get a good look. I, I thought that was I thought that was the one thing I took most out of both Alabama and the Auburn games is their ability to, to man you up in, on defense and make life miserable for you getting into your offensive sets. So um, will will it be a Will it be a problem moving forward for Brandon Miller? If it, I think it will be a problem for that team if, if they can't get him going. Granted, they won by 20 with him hurt, but it was also just Corpus Christi. So they're going to – I'm sure they will They will have him ready. What's today? Today's Friday. So they've got another 24, 36 hours here to get him ready. Uh, I thought – I didn't get the sense that he – I mean, it's not like he wasn't moving well. I just – he couldn't – he couldn't – he was 0 for what, 5, 0, 0 for 6? 6, yeah. I mean, I mean, we can blame the injury, but he clearly wasn't looking to shoot the ball a whole lot. But um, I, th- I think he'll be okay. Um, but yeah, they they just they can attack in so many different ways. Picking up on the story you brought up about the uh, incident with the Alabama basketball team, ordinarily, and especially on a day like today, we wouldn't have that much time to even mention this. Marijuana arrests are pretty common these days, but it happened with Alabama and a freshman football player. And, and I only bring this up because you know, on top of what's going on with basketball, you had uh, one of their recently enrolled freshmen, the kid out of Thompson High, Tony Mitchell, arrested in Florida on a marijuana charge during a traffic stop. They found a loaded gun in his car, but again, that's I guess becoming commonplace too. So I don't. Nick Saban, they'll open up spring practice Monday. I, I, he's got a press conference that day. I don't know if he'll address that. I assume somebody may ask him about that. And again, you know, if if you didn't have all this other stuff going on with basketball, we, I probably wouldn't have even gotten a chance to mention that but 
at Tuscaloosa, this is kind of a you know another story. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the reporters covering Alabama can't catch a break right now because again, another incident where there's a handgun, uh, handgun, and there's no permit, stacks of cash. You can't but help but wonder what, what's, what's going on in Tuscaloosa, man. It seems to be a trend. We'll continue to talk about it. we got to take a break, step aside. Todd Weissong's here. He's got the Beef O'Brady Student Athletes of the Week certificates right here. It's a big day for Todd and the folks at Beef O'Brady's. He's in green. I wonder why. We'll find out. Scoreboard, traffic, and weather. We're here at Cottage Hill Christian Academy. It's our Dr. Chris Monix Championship Drive right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Hi, my name is Sherman Williams, former running back for the University of Alabama and the Dallas Cowboys. And I wake up each morning listening to WNSP 105.5. Clark in a straight jack. Oh, he didn't need to do that. He threw it away. Hitting Pagese. Welcome back in. It's the Dr. Christopher Mullinex. Championship drive. Mark and Lee, we're at Air Sports One. We're on the campus of Cottage Hill Christian Academy. Very good. So uh, we do want to thank our sponsors like Beef O'Brady's. Todd's out here with us. Also the Barnes family of uh, McDonald's restaurants. Also uh, Greer's Markets and Cash Saver. Beef O'Brady's, uh, Tillman's Corner we mentioned. Rich's Car Wash, Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, Green and Phillips Attorneys, and also uh, somebody you know very well, Mr. Chris Basil, the headmaster, American Waste Solutions. No American Waste real well. Very thankful uh, for the support they show Cottage Hill Christian Academy. Well, I got there a big, big blue garbage can at my house, so and they, they do a really good job. It only took me five years to get your business, but we finally got it. Well, I didn't even know they Persistent were out in our area. Yeah. yeah, see, that's that's the way it goes. You know, like, hey, look how long it took Furman to get an NCAA tournament. That's win. correct. I was, right? I was a big upset last All night. right, a big story out here at Cottage Hill, the naming of a new football coach. Chris, you want to tell us about Stacy Luger? Uh, yeah, just uh, glad to have Stacy Luger coach. Uh, Come aboard uh, and join our staff at Cottage Hill Christian Academy. He was able to meet our players uh, and the team yesterday around 1.30. Uh, met our faculty shortly after that. And then, of course, uh, today he'll be joining us here a little bit later on uh, on the show. But also uh, we have a press conference that we cordially invite anyone to come to about 8.15 uh, this morning in the atrium uh, of our high school campus. Uh, and as he shares his vision uh, for where he's going to take our football program in the days ahead. Were you very familiar with him prior to this hiring? Yeah, uh, I've, I've known uh, Coach Luker for quite some time. I probably started building a relationship with him probably about a decade ago uh, when I was a baseball coach here at College Hill. We would travel up to Sweetwater. Uh, Sweetwater has some good baseball teams as well. Uh, so we would compete against uh, Coach Coach Luker's uh, uh, Sweetwater uh, teams uh, as he was the athletic director there, and he had sons on the baseball team uh, during that time. And then, uh, of course, shortly after, that uh, reached out to him anytime we had an opening uh, here uh, most recently in 2014 uh, and unfortunately for us he was on the way back from accepting another position after he had stepped down from Sweetwater so and just 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 during that time we stayed in touch uh, through text messages uh, encouraging one another and and, and then of course uh, the opportunity presented itself this year for us to to get him here at Cottage Hill. So what was the timeline? Luker resigned at Clark did he resign 
after he heard from you or prior to hearing from no, you? No, uh, actually, uh, Coach Parrish, uh, we're grateful for the five years that Coach Parrish has been here at Cottage Hill Christian Academy. Three years as, as my defense coordinator when I was the head football coach. Uh, he was the first one that I brought on to join our staff when I took over uh, the football job. And, and then, of course, when I assumed the role of head of school, uh, I reached out to Coach Parrish, uh, and he said, look, this is my last stop. I love it. And, uh, yes, I, I'll assume those roles. And uh, then, then, of course, uh, Coach Parrish, after we came back, from midwinter break uh, with our students. He and I had a conversation on that Monday uh, and said, you know, the time and energy that it takes to, to lead a football program, he needs that for himself and his family at this time. So happy retirement to Coach Parrish. Uh, and then, of course, we started looking. Uh, we're, 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 this is not the same job it was five to seven years ago. Uh, so, so it's an attractive calling on, uh, you know, coaches. Uh, and we're very thankful about the many uh, that, that reached out to Coach Thomas and my Myself to 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 just gain more interest about the job and find out more information, and that's when uh, you know uh, reached out to Coach Luker, and then of course from there here we are a couple weeks later. All right, I'll pick up on what you said. You said it's not the same job. How mm-hmm. so? I, I, over the last five to seven years, uh, I mean, we, we've had some success. I mean, it's not every day that you you have seven Division One athletes or seven kids going to play division one football in the last five years i mean i think any school in the in the or there's a lot of schools in the mobile area and across the state that would love to have that uh and, and the development of the players plus i, I mean winning you, you know uh we was able to win a region championship not too long ago and that was the first and and being able to sustain success so i think now uh you know i i think i saw where, where ben thomas wrote yesterday that you know we've won 31 games in the in the last five years and the previous so many years, uh, uh, we, we had only won like 16, you know, in regards to that. So uh, I, I believe that's why I say this job's a little bit more attractive than it was five or seven years ago. When you were coaching football, did you ever compete against one of his teams? Coach Lucas? Yes. No, I, I, fortunately for me, I did not. You but know. you did play them in baseball right yeah we played him in baseball he was the athletic director and just knew the culture that he established up there at Sweetwater uh they were hard-nosed kids that 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 was willing to compete in anything that they did so when Bobby resigned is that the first flash that came into your mind that's wow I'm going after Stacy well we got some great coaches on our staff and uh, I'm a huge proponent in in giving those guys uh, a look if they're interested in doing so uh you, you know coach Carville Jones our defensive coordinator uh is a great fit to the college Christian Academy family. Uh, so we talked to to some of our guys first, and, and then of course started reviewing some resumes. But but during that time, of course, uh, just picked up the phone, called Coach Luker, uh, and see what his next steps were. And about every time I called him, it seemed like he was sitting on, on the porch in the afternoon drinking coffee with his wife or whatever. Uh, and and then of course once we got him down here, and we was able to cast a vision uh, and show him around both our campuses and, and, and give him a rundown. Uh, just the Lord was in it the whole way, and and, and we're grateful to have him him and his wife, Miss Donna, uh, to, to, to join us. You've been very kind. You roll out the red carpet whenever we come to Cottage mm-hmm. Hill. Now, we're at the school today, mm-hmm. but in the fall, we're at the church mm-hmm. with that terrific turnout and so forth uh and I, i'm hoping that'll be the case when we go back there in the fall i just love it out there yeah i was i was telling coach luker about that yesterday uh, when we was having some time together i said look first of all we're, we're having the spring sports drive on our west campus and uh we're doing things a little bit different we got three griddles out there we got Koneka sausage we got venison we got some pancakes so i'm thankful for our dads and the support that we have here at cottage hill christian academy but i said in the fall now we're on cottage hill road everybody can see us and i also told 
told him that when you guys go back in the fall, we're 5-0 and when you guys broadcast, so no pressure there, you know. I'm glad you mentioned that. There are some people that will rename nameless in our appetite who likes to keep track of, this, uh, of the record and tends to blame us when schools don't perform well the Friday that we're out there. So thank you for, five, five for, and for, for being reporting accurate stats. Absolutely. And we'll bring you on part-time as our PR guy from Absolutely. here on out. Hey, you got nothing else to do, right? You're only running the school and two campuses. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me ask you something. Uh, as headmaster, anything coming down the road, any enrollments or anything you want people to know about uh, Cottage Hill? Well, as you look at us ending the third quarter, uh, the spring calendar is just a busy time. I mean, for us, with spring sports and then, of course, all, all the things to go along in preparation for us sending off our, our, our class of 23. Uh, but, of course, to Today we have professional development with our teachers as we get out of half a day, so it just worked out perfect. Uh, but then also this weekend on Sunday, we're having a middle school preview day uh, where we can share with the community what's taking place at Cottage Hill Christian Academy. So at 2 p.m. on the church campus, uh, anyone interested in learning more about the Warrior Way, stop by and see us. We'll see you at 730. Sounds You're good. You're going to usher in the new coach? Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Mr. Coach Brazell, as I like to call him, right here on the sports station. We come back. Adam Thomas, the Cottage Hill AD and basketball coach, set to join us as well. It's our Dr. Chris Ramonek's championship drive from Air Sports 1 on the campus of Cottage Hill Christian Academy. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP. Championship drive. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports One on the campus of Cottage Hill Christian Academy. If I am correct, that would have been Princeton and their win yesterday over Arizona. Many thanks to uh, Cottage Hill uh, Christian Academy, where we're broadcasting today from, and also the Cottage Hill Baptist Church. Appreciate them coming on as sponsors. Mark? Speaking of, Todd Weissong, our good friend from Beefo Brady's, joins us here bright and early because he's got a big day today at the restaurant, huh? Yeah, it was, it's going to be a little crazy today, but we're excited about it. This is this is your Super Bowl. This is your Final Four. This is, dare I say, your one shining moment. Well, I know, and then I come up here to this place, and then you got two guys that aren't even wearing any green. The only one that's wearing green is Nick today. Well, Nick has, he, Nick is going around pinching people, Well, actually. He deserves to do that. I think that's the ultimate I, joy is if you no, do not wear scary, green. The scary thing is he's enjoying it. Like, I don't It's weird. Here, it's I, here, weird. I, got, I got green. Oh, right my gosh. Oh, I got green. Oh, look at him. Lee's yeah. pulling out some paint. a lot of cash. Yeah, I got paper. Green. I got green for my corned beef and cabbage today. That's so, right. obviously, that's the big that's the big uh, selling point today. Yeah, you know, of course, corned beef and cabbage is the big thing for St. Patty's Day for us. Uh, we do shepherd's pie, uh, Reuben's. Um, and, of course, for those people, of course, during the Lent season, you know, this year it's going to be a little more about fish and chips, um, you know, big catches and stuff like that. So we have a big assortment going on, of course, you know. Uh, we have the green beer rolling all day today, too. So, you know, I'm trying to take a deep breath because I know it's just going to be a whirlwind the rest of the day. So, Well, you guys open at 
normally it, ten. I think you should open earlier. Just oh no, fun. sir, no, sir. I mean, who doesn't who doesn't want green beer with their lucky charms? I know. So ten a.m. is what time we'll be open today till ten p.m. tonight. So we will be there. Uh, pouring it, serving it, doing everything we got to do to make sure you guys had great festivities. We know the weather's supposed to be a little iffy this afternoon, but make sure you guys get your to-go orders in. You guys can come in, eat with us, stay as long as you like, and just have a good time. Hey, we appreciate everything you do for spring sports. As, as, as normal, we have another round of certificates, student-athletes. I know uh, spring sports are near and dear to your heart. Yeah, they are very dear to my heart. I love giving back to especially the spring sports because I don't think they give enough recognition to those guys. Um, they put in the same effort as some of those bigger sports programs that we have in the area. Um, you know, Cottage Hill is dear to my heart. I mean, they're close to my house. I mean, I've dealt with you know, that program for a long time. I love these coaches out here. They do a great job here at Cottage Hill. So this is always a great place to come, and I'm glad we support them. Hey, well, we appreciate it. So each student athlete of the week will receive a complimentary meal at Beefo Brady's in Tillman's Corner. Uh, we really appreciate you stopping by thanks guys maybe we can get some green on these guys sooner or later nick nick thank you todd we appreciate it Appreciate it, buddy. the only green he's got is envy all right oh, we're going to talk with uh, adam thomas he is the athletic director and basketball coach the men's team hey adam how you doing buddy good morning how are you guys doing good. appreciate you getting out here early and uh meet and greet all right we're yeah. going to uh, we're going to talk a lot about some of those games with you that occurred yesterday but first things first as the ad one of there's some sports you want to talk about in spring oh yeah spring sports are off to a great start we're excited about all of them um, in in baseball. Yesterday, I was able to watch um, our JV and our, our varsity guys play. Um, r- really excited about the work that they're doing and and, and the teamwork um, that they showed and displayed yesterday is something I'd love to see continue. So I'm really excited about um, where those young men are going to go there. And our softball team is is really doing some great things. You know, we've we've kind of struggled in years past, but under our um, new coach, uh, Coach Womble. She's doing a great job with those ladies, and they seem to be really excited about what they're doing um, there in softball. Um, tennis, I just saw our um, tennis coach, uh, uh, Coach Jones, um, Don Jones, uh, walking in just a moment ago, and uh, they had some matches against XL yesterday, so they, they everyone won. It was like 15-0, according to uh, Coach uh, Don Jones there, so we're excited to see that. We have um, some really, really good young players in our golf program right now that are doing tremendous. We, we see um, the future of our golf program just uh, hinging on the, the, the backs of those young people, so we're excited about that. They're, they're placing, I mean, we have, uh, you know, players as young as seventh grade out there participating with, against high school kids, so um, second place finishes and things like that, so we're really excited about that. Um, soccer program, we were able to, to attract an alumni for our boys program. Anytime we could have alumni come back, it just adds to the strength of who we are because they, they get it. They know who we are. They know what we, what we like to see in terms of um, coaches in our program. So we're excited about that. Our girls are ranked in the top ten. Uh, we're really excited about where they are going to end up this year. So, yeah, it's a lot going on here. All right, a quick question about your basketball coaching. Um, mm-hmm. Have you recovered yet? Not so much from what happened in your final game, the loss, but not not having your two sons to play for you anymore, and they're about ready to move on to college. Uh, recovered uh, completely, Lee? No, no. I don't think that uh, I've had enough time with that just because, you know, as a dad, you know, as a dad and a coach, you spend a lot of time with your kids, and um, basketball is just part of who we are. That's kind of what I did for a long time, and, and you know, uh, seeing them shoot that last shot, I mean, it takes a little bit to get over that. But, um, 
you know, life life moves, uh, life challenges, life throws curves. But um, we're 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 excited about um, where they're going. And, well, at least and the you, have an, wait, you have another son though on the way up, so you still have uh, an opportunity to coach somebody else. Yeah, he's going to be a freshman next year. He's currently a middle school guy, eighth grader. But uh, yeah, he he loves hoops. He loves doing what his brothers do. So hopefully, we'll be able to get him to play a couple sports as well. But when when did you realize that? Because as we talked about, and, you know, Mark used to tell me about your sons all the time, and you just figuring they're going to want to play basketball. When did it come to pass that they're going football, both well, of them? Last summer. Um, we were doing a lot of traveling. Last summer was um, the end of their junior year, last summer, and, and we, we really didn't participate in football their junior season in the fall. So they threw everything they had into, you know, some conversations that we had with some, some basketball programs and things like that. But... Um, that summer, uh, they received eight um, offers for football, uh, coming off of a year that they didn't play, and I think it opened our eyes to possibilities for them. And it's not just you know any offer that a kid gets is is great, and it, it is really uh, a tribute to their work. But you know there's there was some major conversations had uh, from football, and it it really began to to open our eyes to to what what could be. Cottage Hill Athletic Director and Basketball Coach Adam Thomas. So who goes where with the parents when these, because they're both on different campuses. They will be. One's at South. The other one, where? Um, UAB. UAB. Mm-hmm. So now you got to split up. We have to split up, and I'm probably going to be the road runner here and, and take the longest trip. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my wife, Stacy and I, we're excited about, you know, just the possibilities of that. We're, we're used to traveling. We're coming through the, the, the circuits of them traveling in the spring and summer and things like that. But we, we will have to split up from time to time, but um, we're excited about it. Which game caught your attention yesterday in the first big round? We don't call the playing. They do, but we use the term first day yesterday. Well, first day yesterday was exciting. You know, it's for a basketball guy, like, this is <laughs> – this is our year. This is our time of year. But I, I was excited to see um, some of the, the surprises for me. The biggest one for me was the Furman game. Uh, just there at the end, um, you know, guys being able to to hit that that shot to, to to advance, survive in advance. So it's really cool to see. When you feel for a coach, Tony Bennett, coach of Virginia, mm-hmm. three of his last four losses have been to double-digit seeds, right. including the only 16-1. Yeah, it's. <laughs> That's that's hard for a coach. Any time that you're supposed to be the team, and and someone comes in that's uh, you know a little bit lesser of a seed, it, it's it's difficult to swallow that. But you know, as part of it, it's the time of the year. It's so, March Madness. As a fan, though, you're probably thrilled that Furman hit that shot. But as a coach, you're screaming at the kid, like Virginia kid. What are you What are you doing? What yeah. are you? I mean, that's that's like day one press break, right? Like it, it is. It's 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 routine stuff that I'm sure they've done countless times, but. When kids get on that stage, it's just uh, the, the, sometimes the lights in the moment. Uh, he probably pulled that off time and time again, but it, just yesterday it just didn't go their way. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough. That's tough. real tough. And, you know, the other thing I wanted to ask you, and I know this is something that all coaches deal with on their benches. So Nate Oates, it was reported, I'm not sure how much of the Alabama game you watch, right, but Clowney got picked up foul number three mm-hmm. in the first half. Like 10 minutes still left in the first quarter or first half. And uh, CBS reported that he was kind of getting after his assistants. Nobody told him that he had two to begin with. I mean, you got a, a bench full of assistants. They've got basically two priorities, right? right? Timeouts and fouls. 
And so he got after him. I, I got to believe as a coach, you can kind of relate to that. Absolutely. You know, we all have different jobs as we're sitting on that bench or, or coaching in a game. But, you know, in, in that situation, I'm sure he had some, some words there to, <laughs> yeah. to, to make sure it doesn't happen as they move forward. But, yeah, you, you really want everyone to be on their game. And it's not just the players, but coaches as well. Do you enjoy watching the Princeton style of play and the way they, they, you know, they hadn't won in quite some time because back in the 90s and 80s, there was always this narrative, you don't want to face Princeton in the first game. But, you know, and they'd have a lot of these two-point, three-point losses. They take you right down to the wire, but they hadn't won since 98. Yeah, it, watching Princeton is exciting to, to, to see, um, not so much to defend it, um, just because they're real methodical in the way that they do and how they run their offense and things of that nature. It's been several coaches pattern, you know, what they do offensively off of some form of a Princeton-type set. So um, I, I do. I mean, it's it's basketball at the discipline level of it all. It's it, If you're able to run your sets offensively, to a T, right? People have to defend it to, to that degree as well. So it's and that's what makes the tournament so great. You see mm -hmm. so much, so dr the styles are so dramatically different, right? Yeah. Like with right. Alabama, you'll just see a high pick and roll, and they're rotating around the three point line, and it's mm -hmm. it's a little bit more NBA esque, maybe, right? But when when you get to that Princeton stuff, I mean, clearly there's all that back cutting and screening and flare screens, and it's just it's just constant movement. It's constant movement. If you're able to throw defenses in. Uh, thinking through one and two, three steps ahead. That's yeah. kind of what they try to get you to do. Uh, did you fill a bracket out? I filled out a couple brackets. All right. well, oh, you're that guy. Right. Oh, you're that guy. Who do you got winning the whole thing? Well, <sighs> which whatever bracket you had. Yeah, well, I got a couple brackets. But, you know, here at the school, um, we did a couple. I did one with the team. Um, everybody's got their brackets plastered on our uh, dry erase board in the locker room. Um, and, and I do. I mean, I like Alabama. Um, they, they're definitely the Final Four team, in my opinion, and able to edge out there at the end. Um, the other bracket I had, Kansas, just because I like Bill Self and what he's like, what he does. I, I should note, like he did that. not coach yesterday. Uh, I he, should throw that out. Yeah. He's, I'm hoping we'll see him uh, as the tournament goes on yeah. yeah he that's i guess up to his doctors and everything mm -hmm. but he sat out yesterday they didn't really need him to beat howard uh so you have one bracket you have uh kansas winning and the other alabama, alabama. who do you have getting to the final four in most cases uh, final four has been up in the air for me uh, i like houston um yesterday they got pushed and challenged yesterday um of course you know you got, you, you you like the kansas guys alabama um I just I, I don't know if if Mark Few and Gonzaga is going to make it in, but you know it's going to be interesting to see how all that develops. It's a good time of year, man. I yeah. like it. Yeah. All right. Well, c again, congratulations to both Trent and Tyler. We always appreciate you coming aboard, talking some hoops and sports here at Cottage Hill, man. So uh, thanks for having us out. Enjoy the day, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. All right, that's Adam Thomas. We'll come back. We'll wrap up our number. Uh, one next right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com it's the Dr. Christopher Monex championship drive Hi, I'm former Major League Baseball player Bernie Carbo I listen to those trees and Sheila having his way inside objection this time Betiaco he could have caught that <laughs> Cupped it. Head up, head up, the Tucker up. from Texas says another second.
6.50, welcome back in. 6.50 wrapping up hour number one. It's the uh, Dr. Christopher Mullinex Championship Drive. Mark and Lee in Air Sports One. We're on the campus of Cottage Hill Christian Academy. Well, that wasn't exactly what that was until I heard Benny Ocko's name, and that was obviously from the Alabama win over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They'll be back in action tomorrow night. They're in the late game against Maryland, like around 840. Of course, you'll hear it on WNSP. Our NCAA basketball coverage resumes tonight at 6 p.m., Auburn will play at 6:10 tomorrow against the top seed Houston. Right now, we bring in Dr. Christopher Mullenix. Uh, he's located out at 715 Downtowner Boulevard. Chris, good morning. Welcome to the uh, opening uh, kickoff, our championship drive. We're at Cottage Hill. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good, guys. Thank you. Good morning. Well, you know, we always talk about dental implants with you and the associates. What else do you specialize in? We run the full scope of oral and maxillofacial surgery, from dental implants to third molars to just simple uh, broken teeth. Uh, we do facial infections. Uh, we do facial pathology, uh, such as benign tumors and cysts. We do assist patients who may have, unfortunately, uh, a malignancy. Oral cancer is not something that uh, happens with a lot of prevalence, but when people have it, it needs to be treated, and we certainly are lined up with UAB at Birmingham to assist patients to receive care and also receive follow-up treatment here. Uh, we do trauma surgery, reconstructive surgery. Dr. Wallander is a board-certified craniofacial surgeon. He is the only one in our area and he really one of the only ones outside of an academic institution in the country. So he offers some incredible services for children with birth defects or growth abnormalities. And so we feel like we have an outstanding team and offer uh, as much or more than anything or anyone in our area. Uh, Dr. Molenix, how can our listeners reach you? You do not need a referral. I'll add that. Just to get an appointment, what's the best way to go about doing that? Well, the easiest way is still the old-fashioned way. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 251-471-3381. Our phones are answered for emergencies 24 hours a day, but our girls are making appointments during normal business hours, Monday through Friday. The other way to reach us is on the web, mobileoralsurgery.com. And I think I, I want to reiterate, you do most of your surgery in the morning, so to get an appointment with you, it's usually going to be in the afternoon. Is that correct, or am I off base? Correct. Yeah, no, our normal uh, schedule is we do surgery all morning until uh, after lunch, and then we see consult follow-ups uh, in the afternoon. However, we're there. We do see emergencies. Uh, you know, emergencies don't follow the schedule, and so we're there for emergencies when they happen. So just give us a call. We'll work you in as quick as we can, and we'll get you treated. Appreciate you joining us, Dr. Mullenix, and we'll check in with you next Friday. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Time now to talk about baseball and softball at Cottage Hill. The uh, women's uh, softball coach is Krista Wambi. Good morning. Good morning. You're all set for uh, St. Patty's Day, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yes, sir. I wanted to ask you, this is your first year, but what did you do before this? You and I started talking about this, and I, I had not heard of anything of this sort. What were you doing before this? So I was in Louisiana um, coaching with the Marucci Patriots. Um, Marucci is a sporting brand, obviously, that makes bats and um, other sports equipment. And I coached their national team. So we went all across the country playing softball and big tournaments and um, that kind of thing. How did you get that position? That seems like a very elite position. Um, interesting enough, um, their uh, owners, Daryl Landry and Tim Brown, 
um, found me whenever we moved to Atlanta for my husband's, I mean, not Atlanta, moved from Atlanta from my husband's job. They kind of recruited me in there, and um, we went from there. It was fun. Do you use Maruchi bats here? We do use Maruchi bats here, actually, and it worked out. Uh, what's a Maruchi bat? I have no clue what that is. <laughs> it's a very hot bat, actually. Um, a lot of the pro baseball players use them, and uh, now even pro softball. So um, it's it's a great bat. Um, Mike, you know. did, the, did the baseball team use Maruchi bats? Oh, oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Do you get them at wholesale or something, or do they just ship you a whole bu a bunch of them here? We get a discount, yeah. I Definitely figured. get a, dis a good discount. All right. How's the uh, softball team doing so far, the early going? Um, so we're 5-4. and four. Um, We won a big game last night against LaFleur, 18-3. Um, you know, this is really a rebuilding year for us, I would say, because um, they've had a hard go-around the past few years. Um, we have seven players who've never played softball before, so um, it's definitely been a rebuilding year. Um, but they're doing well. They're growing every day. I'm super proud of them. How about you, Mike? What's baseball up to here at Cottage Hill? Yeah, we're, we're six and eight, uh, doing doing good. Uh, we're playing some really good opponent, opponents right now. So this is your second year. You came over from Murphy. Yes, uh, sir. Why did you make the switch two years ago? Well, this is a really good school. My kids go here. Um, good Christian environment, so I really, uh, it was really a no-brainer for us and my family to come here. Were you very experienced coming into this season with the team? I'm talking about the players on the team, or you kind of, I, I, I hate to use the word rebuilding, but. Yeah, you know, we lost four or five seniors last year that was really good to us, and um, uh, this year we got two seniors, Tenaria Rouser and Cody Strickland, and um, we got a lot of young guys that's kind of building building the uh the fort for us but we're doing pretty good uh filling it filling the gap playing a tough schedule so you mentioned cody cody strickland named the beef o'brady's uh, student athlete of the week talk a little bit about uh his contributions to this point yeah cody cody is uh he's a a first year guy for us he came in from george county he moved in here um he has really brought some energy to the team positive energy uh, the kids love him. They respond well to him. He's a senior, so he's got a lot of leadership he's brought to us. Uh, he's hitting really well for us, playing left field, doing doing a really good job. Right, and on, uh, for softball, it's Mackenzie Gartman, Coach. Talk about Mackenzie and, and her contributions as a student athlete of the week. Yeah, absolutely. We're really lucky to have Mackenzie still. She's just a sophomore, so I'll have her um, for a couple more years. But Mackenzie's done a nice job stepping in and um, playing the pitcher position. She's uh, pitched 42 innings out of our 56 innings for us. Um, so most of the innings um, got 38 strikeouts so far on the on the year. And um, she's strong bat, also left-handed slapper, uh, batting 520 on the season. So very good player. Mike, are you playing out of 3A competition, trying to get your team ready for that? Am I assuming with the record you have, you're playing up? Yes, yes, that's what we do. Um, you know, it's kind of preseason stuff. We play in some tournaments and those kind of things. Uh, we're in the 3A area with W.S. Neal and Flomington, so we're, we start area play next week. Krista, uh, I, I'm going to ask you, you, I'm assuming, now I'm only going on assumptions, we didn't talk about, you must have been a pretty good softball player, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm guessing you were quite a player. Again, getting that position that you did, what position did you play in softball? 
Um, when I was here in Mobile at high school, I was a pitcher for Shaw High School under Coach Kathy Smith. And Shaw High School? Yes, Wait sir. <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar with it because my daughters went there, but that's, that's, that's a few years ago. Yeah, I was a long time ago. <laughs> so what happened after that? Um, I went on to play at Huntington College and played outfield for them and won two conference championships, and um, we did very well. I can imagine, like I said, with the reputation, you're getting a national team to coach and so forth. Are you? What's next up for you uh, on the diamond? What are you playing next? Um, or the circle or whatever they call it now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so we play uh, Davidson at home for senior night. Kimber Collier is our only senior, and we will play um, them on Monday night. And how about for baseball? Yeah, we open up uh, area play next week against Flomaton. We'll do a... Um, a Monday night game against Theodore next week. So, um, big week ahead for us. Is that on the circle or a triangle, or are you going to do that? <laughs> it's a diamond. Oh! Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a diamond. Very good. Hey, guys, thank you so much for coming by. We really do appreciate it, and congratulations to your student-athletes, and thanks to Beefo Braves for making that happen. Best of luck the rest of the way. Hey, thanks, guys. All right, so hour number one in the books. Here comes hour number two. We'll talk a little track and girls soccer. Uh, the new Cottage Hill Christian Academy football coach, Stacy Luker, set to join us at 7.30, and we'll obviously get back to the NCAA tournament after day one. Another full slate today. We'll get to it all right here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. On the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Seven oh two. Welcome in our number two on this Friday edition. Happy St. Patrick's Day! It's our Dr. Christopher Monix Championship Drive. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports One. We're out at Cottage Hill Christian Academy. All right, we got some headlines before we get to our next uh, couple of coaches. Uh, three number one seeds uh, won yesterday. Uh, that would be Kansas, Houston, and Alabama. Alabama, one of five SEC schools that won. They set a record or tied a record with five wins yesterday with the SEC. Uh, moving on, uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Missouri, Auburn, and Tennessee. The only SEC school to lose yesterday was Texas A&M. And uh, today, Kentucky takes on Providence on uh, still the first round of the uh, NCAA tournament with uh, 16 more games to go today. Two major upsets yesterday that really rocked the brackets and busted many brackets. Uh, number one was Furman. Who? Furman. They hadn't won in the NCAA tournament since 1975. Last second 
three-pointer to upend Virginia, 68-67. The other one was Princeton. Look out. You don't want to face Princeton on the day one. 15-seeded uh, Princeton Tigers beat Arizona as they finished up on a 9-0 run. And another story we've been following, uh, Alabama walk-on freshman uh, Kai Spears denied a New York Times report that he was a passenger in Brandon Miller's vehicle that drove to the scene of that fatal shooting of Jemiah Harris, and the attorney for Spears says they can prove that, so that's something we'll be following. And in baseball, Edwin Diaz, he's the uh, closer for the Mets who just signed a $100 million contract, will be out for the year, tore a uh, uh, tendon in the postgame celebration when Puerto Rico beat Dominican Republic. So there you go with postgame uh, celebrations, and the Mets are pretty upset about that, having lost him for the year. We are very pleased to introduce Carvel Jones. He's been with us many times before when we come out to Cottage Hill. Normally we're talking football. Today we're talking track and also the girls' soccer coach, Floyd Hike. Good morning, Floyd. How are you? Good morning. What's going on with uh, women's soccer here at Cottage Hill uh, early on? We are getting healthy, and uh, we're very excited. We've uh, <laughs> we finally got our full team and our full squad, and they're uh, we're ready for this uh, for the season to get going. What have you started yet? We've started. Uh, we've we're what six and two and, and one. So, uh, but we're f- we finally have our squad together. So a lot of injuries. Uh, we're usually always we have a slow start. So uh, when you but, say all these injuries from what? what uh, it's just headaches, a, it, it, from head, heading the ball, uh, or what concussions, concussions. You know, knees, ankles. It's it's a it's a long school year. Uh, our girls play multiple sports. So um, yeah, it's we're just excited. When's your next match? Uh, next Tuesday. Uh, actually, no, it's Saturday. We've got Bayside at home. So. Yep. Uh, tell us a little bit about your team, specifically Lily Gibson, who is named the Beef O'Brady Student Athlete of the Week. Keeper. She is our keeper. She is the one who stops everything. Uh, it starts from the back of the uh, the. She, she's the, the person who has our defense up. So we're very excited for her. Um, she has a lot of potential, and she's only been playing for a couple years. So. How about the boys' soccer team? Can you tell us anything about how they're doing? Uh, I haven't been keeping up with them. It's uh, they. Um, you don't have. If that's okay, yeah. I, I didn't know if you also <laughs> have any say in that. No, I, not no, no. Uh-uh. All right, Carvel, track and field. Uh, what's going on with track and field these days here at Cottage Hill? Well, we just finished up uh, indoor season. Um, we did really well, went up there, competed really well, took about um, 15 kids up. So we just started um, outdoor. We'll do our first meet next Wednesday at UMS. So I'm very excited to see us compete. Who are some of the athletes to we should be following, or wh- wh- where's your strength this year? Um Kelvin McBride, I know we've heard that name a lot yes. with football, but um, he's a, also a, a stellar track athlete. Um, on my boys' side and on my girls' side, Jesse Gibbs, she's just a freshman. Um, she plays second indoor in state, so uh, we're looking um, for great things out of her in outdoor. Well, both were named the Beefo Birdie Student Athletes of the Week in their respective <laughs> sports, so uh, all our student athletes will receive a free meal. Uh, from Beef O'Brady's and Tillman's Corner. So thanks to Todd Weissong and the fine folks over there for making that happen. Uh, so what uh, what what events do you feel strongest at, about? Uh, and and how, how does success generally or lack of success in certain areas translate from indoor to outdoor? So 
Uh, do you see vast improvement? Do you, do you find that if you're successful in indoor, that's going to that's gonna kind of parlay itself into a, a good outdoor season? Most definitely. Um, you normally have times drop significantly from indoor to outdoor. Um, you're getting in shape, and I don't know. It's something about that indoor track, uh, having to run those multiple laps. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so you usually see the times drop, the jumps get longer. Um, the competition also gets better on outdoor because yeah. um, you're not – a lot of kids are also playing basketball, so those basketball kids are now running and jumping also. Um, looking for Jesse Gibbs to uh, compete um, in state for to win state in the 400. I know I'm putting a lot of pressure on her being a freshman. Um, also, we have a, a lot of depth on our boys' team, so hopefully we can come out with a few medals uh, in that side too. You also coach football, I know. We've talked about mm -hmm. you played football and uh, excelled at it. Did you also uh, run track and field uh, when you were playing? I did, I did. What was your specialty? Um, believe it or not, I, even though I played linebacker, I ran the 300 hurdles, the 110 hurdles, and I did triple jump. My dad was a track coach, so he made sure every, if you played football, you ran track. Family very well known. I, every time I see you, I think of all the <laughs> brothers. What's Tiger doing now? Tiger is uh, at, uh, with Napier at Florida. He's on, on the strength and conditioning staff. They're doing a really good job, and um, I'm really excited to see them compete this year. And uh, my youngest brother, Phelan Jones, is uh, in Birmingham running uh, Jones Group, my dad's uh, construction company. Yeah, did, was there a timeline where all three of you played at the same time, or was there such an age difference that that didn't happen when you were in high school? Uh, Phelan and I played together. I was We played with him two years my junior and senior year. Um, that, it was fun. Uh, my, I didn't get to play with my older brother. I always told him I wish I did because I wanted to get a chance to hit him. I never got that chance. Never got the chance? <laughs> you still can, you know. I mean, he's still I was going to say Thanksgiving dinner must be <laughs> yeah. uh, ruined yeah. that family. When you get over your 30s, you don't wrestle anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what do you think about the new football coach coming in? Uh, we're all excited. So um, uh, Coach Luker has done great things uh, where he's been, and we're just looking uh, for him to keep that uh, high intensity up here, and we're very excited for the toughness he's going to bring. Floyd, on the uh, soccer team, you said everybody's healthy now. Yes. Can you keep them that way for a while? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do what we do, and um, yeah, we're very excited. Now, what's your background in soccer? Uh, so, played at University of Mobile from Washington State. Came on down here. Uh, came from where? Washington State. So, Washington State? Yeah, that's a long, long time that, ago. Exactly. Would you yeah. get lost or something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter Fuller, a, a long, long time ago, uh, just got in touch with me and said, hey, come on down. So I said, yeah. Wait sure. a minute, wait a minute. He just picks up the phone. Yeah. Hey, if you're not doing anything, <laughs> yeah. can you drive from Washington to uh, Mobile? Uh, yeah, where's that? Look, back in the day, uh, well, still, University of Mobile, it's a, it's a great uh, institution. Uh, soccer is uh, has always been strong there. Um, yeah. Uh, that's how I ended up in Mobile. <laughs> met the uh, met my uh, my wife Janice, and yeah, and here did I you, am. Did you visit this, or you just decided? Nope, to... nope. I went on his uh, on his word. Yeah, coming from the uh, the rainy state to down here. Oh yeah, like sunny. It's dry. Yeah, it's but, dry here too. Yeah. yeah. All right, so, so help us out here. Where does it rain more though? Oh here. Yeah. Here, and I had no clue about that. See that? So, Were you in the Seattle area? Oh yeah, it sprinkles up there. Yeah, when I was when I was up there visiting, it seemed like at the time, and this is years ago, 
every every street there'd be uh, a cigarette store or somebody smoking. When I when I visited up there, it just seemed like everywhere you went, every sounds like paradise for you. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, yeah, it's it's something in the um, in the um, in the rain up there. I'd say uh, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't. It's, really... it's a grunge thing, Lee. There you it's go, a grunge thing. There you go. So, but. what's uh, Fuller doing now? Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while. Is he coaching uh, I, I, professionally or something? Or yeah, was? he's he he probably still is. Um, uh, he's always got his hands in soccer. You can't get away from it. So you know, you you catch that soccer bug, and you're 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 done for 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 a while. That's yep. quite a recruiter he must have been. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Hey Floyd, come on down here. <laughs> <laughs> sure, way. Pete. Here I yeah, am. Right, they get away from the rain. Come on down to Mobile. <laughs> they either give you gas money or a plane ticket. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So things yeah, have it, it was fun. Hey, well, guys, we really do appreciate y'all stopping by. Uh, best of luck with the rest yes. of the seasons, and uh, we really Thank do you. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, we got a couple minutes if you want to jump in here at 694-1055. A reminder, we are uh, scheduled to be joined by the new football coach here at College Hill, Stacey Luca. That will be at 730. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we'll have some time to talk to you guys coming up. Obviously, NCAA tournament, huge get. And someone made a great point. Man, Sasser clearly not 100%. So you, you, you begin to wonder with Auburn shooting the way they did, especially in the second half, Lee, uh, if uh, maybe Auburn fans may be a little bit even more optimistic than they were going in. I would be uh, from the standpoint, not not even from that, but not only a Sasser, let's say, not 100%, but the other starting guard, and that's the strength of Houston, uh, those guards, Sheet, I think his name is, hyperextended his knee. Now, I don't know if we'll get an update. I have booked Bobby Champagne to join us at 8.30 this morning, obviously not knowing about that. Bobby was a one-time South Alabama basketball player. He was more of a bench player. Uh, Ronnie Arrow brought him in, but he went on to become an assistant, like a grad assistant, then went over to North Alabama, became a head coach. He is now on the Houston coaching staff with Kelvin Sampson and has a, a lot of information. I don't know if he'll pass along. And I think it would be difficult even today because, as we pointed out with Brandon Miller, we don't I mean I'm sure he'll play on Saturday but and he'll have some time to recover uh, Houston will have less time because they play the six o'clock game tomorrow but if you've got the hyperextended knee with sheet and then you've got Sasser who didn't even play last Sunday in the American Athletic Conference championship game that's obviously a big concern with Houston now getting past Auburn yeah uh, we'll uh, continue to take your comments in the app at WNSP.com uh, we spent a lot of time uh, earlier today talking about uh, Alabama and that game, but also that New York Times story has been refuted by just about anybody associated with Alabama or that kid. Now, the New York Times uh, spokesman for that newspaper told the Associated Press that they stand by their reporting of that story. So uh, it'll be fascinating to see what the New York Times does to advance that story and uh how Alabama and the reps respond to it. Scoreboard traffic and weather are next. We'll visit with Alec Naiman coming up as well. And, of course, we'll take your phone call, 694-1055. We're at Cottage Hill Christian Academy. It's Dr. Christopher Mullinex, Championship Drive, right here on the Sports Station. Hey, this is Amari Cooper. You're listening to Sports Radio WNFP.
talk some uh, food with uh, Alec Naiman. Before I do, though, I wanted to mention... All right, we can uh, we can we can we can give him a, a little time off there, Jimmy Buffett. We don't need to hear the whole song. That's good. Uh, as we get to Alec Neiman, I do want to mention uh, though the teams. I didn't get to all the teams that advance. I'm not going to give you all the scores. You can get those, of course, on your internet service. But Alabama, Maryland, Auburn, Houston, uh, Furman, Kansas, San Diego State, Princeton, all advancing with Arkansas, Duke, Texas, Northwestern, Tennessee, Penn State, and UCLA. Alec Neiman, uh, front and center, to join us right now to talk about Neiman's cater. And Alec, uh, what do we got in the kitchen today that we can order? Man, God, yeah, listen, yesterday was some great basketball, and I'm excited that Alabama and Auburn both won. That's great. Of course, the SEC represented real well. But I just got to tell you, I've been corning some beef since last week, okay? It takes about five to seven good days to corn your beef. Now, basically, all you're doing is you're brining it. I get some brisket. I put my pickling spice and lots of this salt on it and everything in a little liquid, and then I just let it let it cure itself. And so we're cooking corned beef today, I got to tell you, and I got a big old sack of cabbage in, so we're cooking corned beef and cabbage for St. Patty's Day, so happy St. Patty's Day. I wanted to mention yeah. tomorrow uh, I'll be out at the fairgrounds with the Chocolate Festival, and uh, that's mm. for the Penelope House. So tickets are cheap, $3 if you buy them in advance, $5 tomorrow. Kids get in free. Got a lot of kids stuff. And so it's in support of our Penelope House, wonderful organization. I'm excited to be a big sponsor of uh, their activities and stuff. And so uh, anyhow, tomorrow at the fairgrounds, I think the doors open at 10 o'clock. Come out and have a good time at the Chocolate Festival. Listen, if you need some gumbo crab soup, you want to order something for Easter, Need a prime rib, need some beef tenderloin, whatever you want, give us a call, 473-3900. Look us up on the web at namenscatering.com and give us a like on Facebook. And my Jags, well, we gotta get, we got to win, okay? So I'm going to tell you, go Jags, just so I give them some good luck. All right, how about that? Thanks, Alex. Happy Patty's Day to you tomorrow. Appreciate you joining us, as always. Yeah, the Jags will be on the road. They'll be at Georgia Southern. Uh, Alabama opened up a series with a loss to Florida yesterday, 3 nothing, and then Auburn plays Arkansas. You know, Mark, hearing him talk about chocolate, that, that brings to mind that story, and it's true. I was at a uh, get-together, a Mardi Gras ball. Uh, it wasn't one of those, like, inside. It was outside. Uh, you toured around different uh, streets and everything. It was fantastic. They had food everywhere, shrimp boats and so forth. A block party? Basically, you can oh, okay. say that, yeah, right. at a couple of blocks anyway. And uh, <laughs> so there was a there was one area there that they had pineapple, and I and I love pineapple, so I was going over there. But next to that was this chocolate, I guess, where the chocolate's fountain. flowing in fountain. So I go over to grab, and I'm in a suit, of course, of course, all dressed up for the Mardi Gras. Grab the pineapple, and as soon as I did, there was a gust of wind that just totally sprayed me with chocolate from, well, a right chocolate my face. covered leaf. That's what exactly it was. And I know. Delightful. Uh, my companion, Barbara, got like, oh my gosh. But I said, hey, if you're going to be sprayed, it's better chocolate, because I love chocolate. 
Granted, we had to, you know, get everything cleaned up. Was it dark up. chocolate or was it milk chocolate? I, didn't, I have no idea. It didn't matter. It tasted really good. as <laughs> peeling it off. <laughs> but I'll just, when he said the chocolate uh, thing tomorrow, festival, which was a great cause for Penelope House, but that's what it reminded me of that time when I got sprayed with chocolate. And uh, and women everywhere swooned at the idea of a chocolate-covered Lee. Isn't that something? How about that? Yeah, what do we think of next? Wow. Hey, good like story. I said, if you're going to be sprayed with something, though, it's a lot better with something you enjoy, like chocolate, rather than something that stinks. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. I, Nick, did you want to chime in on that? Did you have a contribution? Nick, everybody, Triple G on location with us uh, I, for the first time, right, here in Air Sports 1? Maybe the last. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Did you want me to chime in on the uh, the chocolate spray story? Do you have a better story, or can you top that? Have you ever been sprayed with food or a drink or anything like that? Gatorade? Oh, hmm. uh, yeah, After actually. One of your accomplishments at MGM? When I was a kid at the Boys and Girls Club, this guy next to me, you know how in a movie they do like the spit take? Like you hear some news and you're like, Poof, and you shoot your drink everywhere? Yeah. He did that right on my face and thought it would be funny. Was it? I think most people probably did think it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. I find it Gotten a little altercation. I, I spent really? a week in the office. I find it disgusting. What'd you do? You, you took a swing at him. Um, no, I just kind of, like, grabbed him and, like, threw him to the ground and just pinned him there. No swing. Uh, I was like, what the hell? You know, in two weeks. With what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. In two weeks, we head out to MGM for the first time ever. Do you think they'll remember you? Are you coming out for that one? Maybe. I might be able to hit, like, a visit in with my mom and, like, a work event all at once. So that could be an efficient use of my time. So we're going to pay you to go visit your mother? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we ought to have the Wiggins family out. Maybe maybe they come out as part of the lineup. Uh, maybe. Well, this is scintillating. Well, I mean, right? it's tough to top the chocolate blowing on your new suit. So let me get this straight. You were walking around the rest of the night with brown goo splattered all <laughs> over you, right? Chocolate. I, I know, chocolate. But, you know, but you the... see a guy 20 minutes later, he doesn't know you were just by the, the windy chocolate fountain. Yeah. He may think you got sprayed with something else. Or right. they may have thought that was part of the jacket I was wearing. Oh, okay. You know how it's different... unlikely. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... People thought there was some bizarre accent right. that you were You're on. Like, Manly, that jacket is the. <laughs> no, it's chocolate. It's it, chocolate. It was actually a suit. <laughs> All right. When we come back, uh, Stacy Luker, the uh, new football coach here at Cottage Hill Christian, is scheduled to join us in Air Sports One. We also have some Chick Fil A set for you this hour too. So be listening. And of course, we'll take your phone calls a little bit later in the show. It's our Dr. Chris Romanek's Championship Drive. Right here on the sports station, WNSP. talked all week about the ability for this crowd to play a role in this. It sounded like Neville Arena in there tonight. What what role did the crowd play in this game in the second half? Well, I mean, it played a great role. But, guys, this is, this is Birmingham, Alabama. This is football country. And we dominate. And I'm really proud of that. But we look like a basketball state today. 
Alabama took care of their business today early on. They filled the building. Auburn played a really good team out of the Big Ten. Um, and uh, we played well and we filled our building. And uh, I think I think it makes a statement about basketball in the state of Auburn and, and the great job that people here in Birmingham did um, putting this tournament together. 732, that's Auburn basketball coach Bruce Pearl yesterday after his Tigers win a first-round game. They advanced to play Saturday in Birmingham. You know, if you remember when we talked, I think it was Paul Feinbaum who said, you know, the bigger night could be Saturday if both Alabama and Auburn play. And just think of this, if possibly Auburn could beat Houston Chris, that would make you happy. I know you're an Auburn guy. And uh, if Alabama beats Maryland, that'd be what a statement this weekend. But we're going to talk some football now. We're at Cottage Hill Christian Academy. Uh, I want to thank them for allowing us to come out here. Also, Cottage Hill Baptist Church, American Waste Solutions. And it's very rare for us to come out on campus prior to a major news conference, which is about to take place, or at least inside the building. What's going on today, Chris? Chris Razzle, the headmaster. Absolutely. At 8.15, we will be introducing our head, uh, new head football coach to our community. Uh, everyone's invited. Come out if you still want to stop by. Uh, but, it, but, but it's my honor to be able to introduce to you guys on the air this morning our new head football coach uh, that, that not only has a great resume, but he's a leader of young men. And uh, that's Coach Stacy Luker. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Great to have you on. Thank you, man. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I guess the first question, what took you so long? He said he's been trying to get you here since 2014. <laughs> A couple other stops I needed to make, I guess. Is that what it was? <laughs> That's what it was. So, and, and, so, and I mentioned this to you, so I, you're prepared for this question. So what got you out of the country to come to the big city? Uh, I, I guess this guy right here, man, just, just calling me and uh pursuing me and uh, you know I've known coach Brazil for a few years not not just overly well but we've you know just coaching acquaintances more than anything else but uh, always heard good things about him and uh, man when he called me I guess three weeks ago a couple of weeks ago it just just had me interested so you, you, know. had you had resigned from Clark County. I did. And you had a championship there. You had five at Sweetwater. That's right. So were you at that time decided, well, I'm retiring. I'm not going to get doing any more coaching? Yeah, you know what? I stepped away from Clark County knew it was just time. You know, you, uh, just felt that pull. Just felt like the Lord just had something else for me and uh, was willing to step away without a job and not having a clue. Uh, my wife didn't like it too much. Yeah, because you'd be around the house. Well, right, I was yeah. at home too much. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> Lee's wife says the same. same thing. Uh, but, I'm still working. Yes, sir, I understand. But, go to work. Uh, I don't really work much. But I, I, I sort of felt like, you know, when I stepped away, I still might would coach, but I was really open to, to just about anything uh, at that time. And, uh, you just just wanted the right opportunity. Well, man. What, what sold you on Cottage Hill, though? I, I think just the vision, the the mission here, the the Christian values, and you know the leadership that 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 portrays that, and uh, you know, and I think it's just an opportunity, man, a good opportunity to to build something here, uh, to maybe take it to a next level, at least try, and uh, and that's what I'm gonna do. Are you in quest of? Is the record eight in this state championships? Is it Terry? 
Man, I have no idea. Terry's got like 25, but, he, uh, he's, but he's 80 like, years old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a little, younger, a little older than me. So, I, so you're at six. So maybe maybe a championship or two uh, here. I, I don't know. I'd love to win one. Yes, absolutely. We'd love to win one. It's uh, it's got to be nice uh, to roll into a high school in March and see a bunch of football jerseys. Yeah, I know. That's a surprise. We drove up this morning and Donna was like, "They have their football jerseys on." I said, yeah, they do. You know, so maybe they're excited. They're excited right now. I don't know if they'll be feeling this way about August or September, but we're going to see. Stacy, what's as far as a coach, how would you define yourself as a coach? What what sets you apart? Uh, I don't know if anything sets me apart, man. I don't know if there's anything special about me. I'm sort of an old school guy. That's know, good. Just That's coming good. through at the time that I came through um, playing and started coaching in the 80s. So, uh, sort of a dinosaur you know but um just an old school approach i still believe that if you play great defense and run the football effectively you're going to win more games than you lose i do believe that do, do kids respond to old school coaching these days some do i think anytime you win they respond you know if they see a difference and um, uh, they respond so just really try to teach a physical style on both sides. I just think that's important and I think that sets you apart in this day and age of offenses to spread from sideline to sideline and you know the box is not as crowded and you block going backwards and it's just a different style. I mean it's uh, that, that people are playing now and um, I've been able to change some and tweak some but it's hard you know it's hard so just am who I am I so guess. So do you find uh, because you're more of an old school obviously you have to defend that style that you just talked sure. about spreading out, but do you find that because that style seems to get more productive and more efficient that you need to add a little bit of that to your offense so that you can kind of defend it, if that even makes well, sense? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know about that. I, I You know, we we fool with it a little bit, dabble dabble with it, if you, if you want to say it like that. Uh, you know, I, I think... As far as defending it, it's about matchups, you know, and, and, and about being in good position and coaching those kids up. And and uh, I know Coach Jones did a tremendous job with that last year. I watched some film last night. Um, but but I don't know, man. I, I don't know if this makes sense. To me, it's just all relative. You know, if you got great players over there, they're going to defend whatever's coming at them. I love the fact you're watching football film the first night of the NCAA Well, you tournament. know, I, I, I was watching a little basketball and watching that and uh, just just trying to get familiar with kids, man, and, and, and what we have. Chris, what kind of a schedule will he be facing uh, on the field? Well, he, he can tell you definitely about uh, 3A Region 1. Uh, you know, I spent one year in that as a head coach, but I was in 2A Region 1. Uh, so so it is the SEC West. There's some great football played in Southwest Alabama uh, for sure. And, you know, what I like about bringing Coach Luger on board is when you play the Flomitons, the Hillcrest, the Thomasvilles, there's, there's been nobody that's probably coached more against those type Seen teams all, than, yeah. uh, than Coach. So, uh, I mean, like I said, man, we're, we're just uh, ecstatic and excited. Uh, just a welcoming. It's not every day you get to hire Alabama High School Athletic Association Hall of Fame member. He's not going to talk about his accolades. That's right. You're in the Hall of Fame, uh, aren't you? Yes, sir. So can you get in the game? 
if you do well here? <laughs> <laughs> Can you make the Cottage Hill Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Right? Do you have a Hall yeah. of Fame? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Ask, again, ask Terry and Steve Mass. They make an answer to that for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got them both. Are you going to schedule any games against them? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Stacey, let's, let's, uh, just see, let's just see how it goes. Uh, coaching staff, are you okay? Are you, do you get to bring in anybody with you? or? Uh, we're hoping to bring in a couple. Uh, get Cor- uh, I know that Corvell Jones is on is on board. Uh, haven't really talked to anyone else. Uh, that's something that's going to be evaluated going forward. Now I may be totally off out of line on this, but you mentioned about his sons that you coached against mm-hmm. his sons. Is that a possibility? Uh, no, no, not <laughs> where they are at this time in their life. I, I'd, I'd love it. I would. I'd love to bring one of them with me at least, or two of them, but. You know they're they're young and they're they're just I don't know if established is the word they're comfortable where they are man and and, and my youngest has been with me for about the last five six years and uh, he may need a break <laughs> you know because you know you need to learn it a different way you don't need to just learn it one way and uh, so I think it's going to be good for him to, to get off from so it. You mentioned your old school and and, and I'll, I'll even use the example of Nick Saban how he's even changed you know the the, the old sure. school approach and bringing in the spread and all that kind of stuff do you do you adapt to, to new style of play or anything like that? We try to we try to uh, Work more out of the, the the gun now than I than I have in the past. Uh, I was an under center guy, golly, for the first 20, 21 years that I was a head football coach. But I've tried to adapt and and keep the field spread a little bit more, but I still want to run that football and do some good things in there, you know. Okay, here's one of the things that I really a pet peeve of mine. Okay, you're like at the goal line. It's like we're running, we're running the ball. All right, no, okay. <laughs> Under center or five yards? Under center. Great, thank you. Under center. Yeah, I've never understood that. You're at the goal line, and all you need is an inch or two or three, and you're throwing the ball back six, seven yards and tackled for a loss. That's right. I I can't do it. I can't do it, you know. And and, and to be honest with you, if we got a lead in the fourth quarter, we're not going to throw that ball, man. It's hard for me to... It's hard for me to get past that, you know, because, again, I think you run the football and play great defense, and you're you going to win he, that game. You know he's throwing the – it's the flea flicker and the double Look, pass coming. You're first play of the game. Look, first yep, play yep, here. Flea I, I told the story yesterday. We're playing for the state championship in 2021, and, and we got the lead in the fourth quarter, and we're driving the ball, and we get to fourth and two, and my youngest son is offensive coordinator, and he starts talking about throwing a pass. That we will score a touchdown right here. And I said, man, if you call a pass play, I'll break your nose after this game. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we got the first down running. You know, yeah. you know, if that was caught on YouTube or something like that, you know you'd be in trouble. <laughs> well, right? no, no. You, you know no, you'd be Not for threatening your son. No, I think we're good there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, spring practice now, or are you going to extend and maybe not start until July like some schools do? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to start a week earlier um, in July. I think it's July So, 31st, you're not going to have actually. a spring football? No, we'll go out and, you know, do some things, get some things installed, but we won't have helmets or anything. So, we can have that extra week. And, of course, Man, there's so much you can do during the summer now, June and July, and, and uh, so I, I think mentally we just need to get some things in and get ahead there, uh, and we'll catch up with the physical work in August. All right, we're talking to the brand new uh, football coach at Cottage Hill, but a coach who certainly is uh, carved out a quite a career, a Hall of Fame career with six championships. Stacy Luker coming over at Cottage Hill is going to be. Who are you talking to in there? It's 815? Students? Hey, our, our community, our stakeholders, okay. uh, and so forth. All right. Uh, but you talked to the team yesterday, right? I did. What was your message? 
What, how did they? What, what oh, you, you sound like my wife, man, asking me that question. What was the message? Uh, I think the main thing is, hey, we're going to play physical. This style is going to change. Do you, you go know? in and promise them a championship or anything no, like that? No, but we're going to talk about state championships, and I told them that. I think it needs to be a daily thing and thing that they think about and talk about, and uh, you know, because that's a goal that I want, I want to achieve. I want to reach uh, here, and uh, so yeah, man, we'll. We're not going to shy away from that. We're going to talk about it. So. Coach, we really appreciate it. So I, you're clearly excited. Uh, I, I, I get this. Uh, I get the sense that you, if you could, you'd get them out on the field tomorrow, today. Well, absolutely, man, absolutely. It's been a while since yeah. I've, uh, heck, I've gotten a little bit lazy yeah. the last couple of months, not doing a whole lot. So, yeah. Well, I mean, in our world. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm ready to get started. And, uh, anyway. Well, we congratulations, and thank you so much for uh, for coming aboard and spending some time with us. We know it's a, a busy day for you with the press conference coming up, but uh, thank you so much, and we wish you the best, and we look forward to having you on for for years to come. Absolutely, man. Thank you. We'll be back in the fall, Stacy. Yes, sir. All right? Yes, and, sir. Uh, we'll be able to get the church then. I think we will, right, Chris? Yeah, we'll be over to the church in the fall and also let him know we're 5-0 and when you guys broadcast in the fall. So, so, so no pressure or anything like that, you know. So we'll do it Thomasville week. And, and, if, you, yeah. and if, you don't, if you don't win, I'm going to break your nose. No. <laughs> That'd be all right, too. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we'll uh, wrap Thanks. up our... Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's 7.48, and here's your chance for your Chick-fil-A compliments of WNSP. What you got for them, Lee? Eleven times in the history of the NCAA basketball tournament, a 15 seed has defeated a two seed. It occurred last yesterday, Princeton beating Arizona. Arizona is the only school in which they have lost twice as a second seed to a 15. They lost to Princeton yesterday. What Name the school that beat them the first time. Beat Arizona the first time when Arizona was a 2 and that other school was a 15. And I will give you a hint. Steve Nash was a part of that team. So if you can figure it out, you get yourself a Chick-fil-A. I do want to thank uh, sponsors like American Waste Solutions, uh, the Barnes family of McDonald's restaurants, Will Barnes, Greer's Markets, and Cash Saver. Uh, of course, Beef O'Brady's, Todd was out here, Beef O'Brady's, Tillman's Corner, uh, Rich's Car Wash, Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, and the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. Uh, really appreciate them. We're having a fantastic time, even more so with the pancakes. And, Mark, I have a question I'm going to ask you. Let's see if you your memory bank. Only once before in the travels we have made on Fridays, either in the fall or in the spring, have we ever come across where they have the the people cooking up stuff have offered us pancakes? Can you remember where? Theodore. You're right. Way to go. What do I get? You look nothing. Besides pancakes. You, well, you got pancakes and uh, sausage and I guess venison. That is. So you're already taken care of. Guys, uh, which game? Which game held your interest the most here after day one of the NCAA tournament? Which one grabbed your interest, Nick? Berman. Furman. Furman. You just like saying Furman? 
Man, the, uh, just the way that it ended with that guy, Peg Pegues. What was his name? Pegues. Pegues. Well, yeah, that'll be remembered. But so they trapped the dude in the corner. I think the guy thought that there was like maybe one second left. That's and, what I knew. And by thought. the time the ball falls down, the clock had already run out, game over. Because, you know, people do that, but he did it with like three seconds left. Guy catches it. They hit that three. That was just a great way to start the March Madness festivities. No, it was. And so I was thinking two things. Either one, uh, he thought time was, he didn't know how much time was left on the clock, so he just kind of threw it up thinking that the clock or the other thing was that he knew where it had to go but he just put too much air under it and and it just it he just didn't make the he the pass just was was way i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that's what i think he was trying to do this was not a rookie guy this was not a freshman this was a senior who's been around the block and a member of virginia's uh, run to the final four a few years ago so i'm thinking that that's what he thought that he could make that long pass and get the easy bucket and just get out of there what really bothered me though and anytime you hear coaches when you're being pressed like that you do not throw it into the corner you don't get trapped in the corner and that's what happened with him and i can't believe virginia a team that prides itself on execution and you know methodically moving the ball and so forth that they could allow themselves to be trapped like now, that there are a couple things one yes when you get trapped that's a no-no but the other thing is there are four other guys on the court what's your boy doing way down the court you yep. need to be coming to the ball and trying to help your guy out and generally what happens is depending on what kind of press break you're in that weak side guy is supposed to go deep, but when you see that much trouble, someone's got to come to the ball and well, help you out. I don't, there. I don't know why the guy didn't just hold it and get fouled. That's what yeah. they were gonna do anyway. Foul you, go to the line, go up three, go up four, whatever. Or oh, bang it off an opponent out of bounds. Sure. That can happen too. Yeah. Throw him off at leg or something like that. You know, Virginia in their past four final uh, March Madness appearances. They've got three first-round exits to a double-digit seed and one championship. You know how we'll throw that hypothetical around, like, would you lose every uh, football game if you knew, like, the next year you'd win the championship? I, I feel like Virginia is the living proof of that analogy. <laughs> would you get bounced and upset every year to have the one championship run? I think uh, I think fans would. I don't, I don't think they would yesterday. Would. I, don't I don't think if they lost it. like to Furman, though, I don't think they'd like that, uh, the Virginia fans. I mean, yeah, it's one thing, and, you know, that the three out of four that they've gone down to double digit seeds, and, of course, you, you know, they made that run, but losing to Furman, a team that hadn't been there since 1980 and hadn't won since 75, I don't know how that's going to taste there in uh, Virginia land in uh, uh, Charlottesville. Did, did you see the guy? I, I don't remember who it was, but there was, they were on Twitter, so they were, they were um, recording the guys going back into the locker room. One of the Furman guys was just like, he just threw it. He yeah. just threw yeah. it. <laughs> it was that, guy, that, that guy was going off all yeah. game. I don't know how many, how many points he ended up having, but who, who do you guys think the biggest upset of the day today is going to be? Because there's, there's going to be one. What what double digit seed do you guys have upsetting? Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. The only one I have, and I don't consider it an upset if VCU wins. I'm. I usually. I. I usually play it safe and, and go with the favorites. I usually do because that more times than not the favorites are going to win. I think yesterday they were like the favorites were like 11 and five or something like that. Usually they do better on the first day. The second day is when you get more upsets, but. 
I didn't pick any major upsets because I know there's going to be one or two, but they're so hard to figure out which one it's going to be. I would have never thought Furman would have won the game. Princeton, I have a history with Princeton going back to my days in New Jersey and broadcasting and so forth. I know the style of play they play. And, and over the years, coaches have said, well, they hate to open up with Princeton because you're just not used to that style and having to defend them. But more times than not, they beat Princeton. I mean, it, they hadn't won a game in the tournament since 1998. The only one that I see is VCU. Uh, I did pick that one. The old five twelve. Yeah, you got but there. I, because, and I'll tell you why, Mark. Because VCU is better than a twelve. They are a really, really good team. Now, that I don't know if that translates into going out and and winning. You know that that they're very strong in their conference. But then again, there were things that I thought about other teams that you would see. For instance, Iowa. Iowa came into the Auburn game with the reputation of being a high-scoring team and a team that doesn't turn it over. And they did not have a problem with turnovers. But Auburn, a team that did have issues with turnovers, did not. Auburn, a team that had issues with three-point shooting in the second half, they were lights out. And they were. Iowa was the team that was missing shots from all over the place yesterday in the second half. So you just never know until they hit that floor and the, you know, they, they turn the lights on and, and things, uh, you know, sometimes can go against what your season was like. Who do you have? Do you have any upsets today, either of you? I think I have in my bracket, which I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm straying away from now. Uh, I, I, I have VCU beating St. Mary's. I also have Drake over Miami. That's a popular one. I've heard that from many people today. Not today, but, I mean, during the week that they think Drake. And I doubt many people could even tell you where Drake is located. I don't uh, know. The rapper, he lives in Toronto, I think. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if uh, if I even picked one in today's didn't you? I group. think you had VCU, didn't you? Or no? Am I wrong? I but thought th you did. Can can we classify a five twelve matchup though as, no. as an upset? I'm not sure we can do I, that anymore. I think I'm going to rock VCU. By the way, I think I'm going to rock Kennesaw State over Xavier. First time ever oh, that making would be, that would be a major upset. The tournament straight out of uh, Metro Atlanta. Maybe they can pull it off. Oh, v oh Kennesaw State, the Owls. Yeah. And, and six foot nine Cole Larue. How about that? Yes, sir. Hey, if that happens, Mark, get him back with us next week. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Um, which one would be the – okay, so while we're sitting here talking about which one we think would be an upset, which one would be the biggest upset of the Well, team? obviously, if a, 16, if a 16 yeah. loses. And, and Purdue is – they got that big guy, Edie, and everything. They don't have great guard play, according to Jerry Palm. But I don't know if they're primed to lose to a 16 uh, seed. Yeah. I, I had Purdue winning it all last year because they had Zach Eady, who is still, uh, you know, not as good as he is this year. But they also had Jaden Ivey, who ended up going fifth in the NBA draft. But now they don't have Jaden Ivey, so I'm thinking if they didn't win it last year, they're probably not going to this year. All right. Uh, the game I'm looking forward to is Kentucky Providence. I think that's a great matchup. Uh, and and again, I said this during the week. One of Kentucky's players transferred to Providence, and you know he's one of their better players. Providence is a really really good program that not many people in this part they know about. But if Kentucky wins, then you're looking what six and one with the SEC, which is. It would certainly rank up there as, like, they should be the top conference. Uh, Jason's the winner of your Chick-fil-A, sir. Santa Clara. Remember that? Steve Nash, Santa Clara, beating Arizona back, I think it was 93 or something like that. 
but 11 times now, a, a 15 has beaten a two. All right, so hour number two is in the books. Hour number three is on the way. We're open. When we come back, we'll reset. We'll get your thoughts on Alabama, Auburn, uh, Brandon Miller's situation. Um, and, of course, the New York Times report is being widely um, um, trashed. Although they stand by the report, we'll get into that as well. So stay with us. We'll get into it. We'll let you chime in. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com the latest sports news traffic weather and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian the opening kickoff kickoff here are Mark and Lee hey it's 802 hour number three thanks for hanging with us on this Friday edition it's our Dr. Chris Ramonek's Championship Drive. Mark and Lee and Nick, we're out at Cottage Hill Christian Academy. All right, we got some headlines that we're going to go through. Uh, we'll have John Ricchetti coming up in this half hour and then hopefully catch up to Bobby Champagne of the Houston Cougars. They won yesterday. Three top-seeded teams won, advanced to the round of 32, Alabama being among them, even though Brandon Miller was held scoreless, didn't matter. They racked up over 90 points in their win over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. That was an easy win for Alabama. Kansas won, even though Bill Self was not there to coach. I'm sure he was there somewhere, but not on the bench coaching. I don't know what the doctors are saying relative to his second-round game. Uh, they're taking on Arkansas. That's going to be a great game to watch, Kansas and Arkansas, tomorrow. Uh, Auburn won. Uh, Kudos to them beating Iowa like they did. Uh, it was for me. It was interesting to watch some of the photos of Bruce Pearl when he was an assistant coach at Iowa, sitting on the bench, how young he looked, and and all that. But uh, as far as the tournament now, with Alabama playing tomorrow night, 8:40. Uh, both games, by the way, are on TBS, and we'll have the Alabama broadcast on WNSP. Auburn goes at 6:10. They're playing the the evening games at in Birmingham. And, and what could turn out to be one of the greatest nights, weekends ever of basketball in this state. So uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Hopefully we'll have the, uh, an assistant coach from Houston joining us in about 20 or 30 minutes. The other stories we've been talking about, uh, the walk-on freshman, uh, Kai Spears, the story in the New York Times, he actually came out and denied that he was there. His attorney says they can prove that Spears was not in the vicinity of the shooting as written up by a, a Times reporter that Spears was a fourth Alabama player at the scene. The university has backed up Spears with a statement saying the story was inaccurate. One story we have not mentioned at all, I think we need to just because to update it. Jalen Carter has been fined $1,000. He's been placed on one-year probation. He'll serve 80 hours of community service. The Georgia defensive lineman 
pled no contest in the deadly car crash that claimed the life of a Georgia football player and a Bulldog staff member. So this was a plea bargain with the uh, prosecutor's office, Mark. So that's that's his penalty uh, for being involved in that car crash, which I guess is, it was reported that he was racing his vehicle against the yeah. other vehicle. Uh, all right, you guys can jump in this segment, 694-1055. So here's my question to you guys. Why would Alabama or Kai Spears lie about being there? Or why wouldn't – if – I guess my biggest problem is if he were there, why is it just now coming out through a New York Times story? And this was a question you kind of posed did, when that story yeah. first came out. It seems in the grand scheme of the story – such a small piece of the puzzle. Obviously, everything's going to be about Brandon Miller, not about Kai Spears. So why hide or bury the fact that another Alabama basketball player was there? I wish I had an answer for you, but I will say this. If it's true, I'm not saying it is. I'm not. I, I find it hard to believe that this would not have been known prior to this, that it would take two months for a Times reporter to get a story because they have all kinds of video, the, the, the investigators, they know who was in the car, or at least were led to believe. But here's the deal. If this is true, Mark, I think this is going to be another PR nightmare for Alabama. Oh, there's I no question. I really do. I and, just see, and I said this even yesterday. if it doesn't involve him in the case, it's just another you know, lying or disassociating, you know, associating itself from this, that they can't pass. I don't see how this, I'm with you yet. When you came out and said you couldn't believe that this is true, but yet the time stands, I, I, I don't know. I'm caught in between. I don't know. I wish I had an answer for you. Right. And I said this before because whether he had any direct involvement in any of this or not, the fact that if it does become true, it's an absolute, nightmare for Alabama uh, because there are those out there that don't trust what you're saying anyway and then to be caught in something like that where it's clear whether you knew or didn't know but to go out and deny something that ultimately may be true is just devastating. All right, let me... I want to say this in a very. I, I don't think he was there. I don't either. Based on what I just, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around the idea that his he came out, his dad came out, who by the way is an athletic director at uh, Marshall, I at, think, yeah, right? And and the and the university comes out uh, and says that he wasn't there. I just don't understand why we would be protecting this kid over any other okay. kid. Mark, I, let me see if I can say this in a proper way without getting, and, and help me with this. Can you? Kai Spears is a walk-on freshman. Yeah. Do you see him actually hanging out with Brandon Miller and and, and Bradley and, and and? Oh, I mean that's possible. At at one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, I just can't see it. I I could, I, I I don't even know how if he how how much of a part of the team he is. He didn't even play, did he? No. So I, it's not like they. I I can't imagine. Again, this is totally off the wall statement, but I just. If if this turns out to be true, like I said, I'll use the word nightmare, but it's like I, I'm just everything to go. And then you start wondering what what did Alabama say that was actually true, or you know, then you start worrying, you know, concerned about the way they handled everything. Uh, the AD has come out and said it's inaccurate. The, the university, the dad, the kid. <sighs> now look, I'll be honest with you, from a storyline standpoint. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I hope he. I hope like I hope that 
the reporting was accurate, but I can't imagine you would dig yourself in this hole and deny it that part of the story. Like what I don't I don't I don't understand what the end goal let's, is. It just seems say, so and then if you're the university and this winds up being true, don't come back well, we didn't have all the facts. Come on, stop it. What, you know as much as anybody knows. You know that universities in general work hand-in-hand hand with the police departments in those cities, especially when you're college cities or college campus-type cities like, like Tuscaloosa. Someone – I just don't – and then for the New York Times spokesperson to double down on the reporting, now the Tuscaloosa uh, – I think it was the – I'm trying to remember the name of the, the organization. The Tuscaloosa Patch um, had – who is a um, – it's kind of a local news um, – they, they cover Tuscaloosa. One of their guys actually tweeted this was something that they had heard a couple of weeks ago and they hadn't reported. So that adds to the intrigue of it all, quite frankly. There's clearly something there. I just don't understand why there's such a mystery around right. this. Can, is it possible they have the wrong person? Maybe there. I mean, I'm I'm just pulling stuff off the wall because I'm I'm with you in the beginning. But here's my problem with this: is that the Times prides itself on accurate reporting. Can you imagine if this story? And I don't know how big the Times even considers this, to be honest with you, because they cover the world, all the news that's fit to print. Would they run a retraction? I'm curious about that. If they were wrong, if they were proven wrong, would they run a retraction? You can imagine where it would be. Probably page fifty, you know, buried somewhere. I think about this, people. The New York Times considers itself an elitist organization. They consider themselves like alpha, and they certainly don't put themselves in the tabloids of the the Post and the Daily News. I mean, they think whatever they do and say or write, I should write is accurate and, and is worth reading. So, as, and to many people who read the Times, they probably don't even pay attention to this story, but we do because, you know, we're in the state and we're following this case. I would find it really hard to believe that he was really involved in this because then if it did, somebody really needs to so, uh, be taken to task. So, but on the flip side of that, like the New York Times – is got to get that information from somewhere. They're not just pulling it out of nowhere. And then someone in the app made the comment, Reese Davis had some cryptic comments about there was kind of more to the story. And so you wonder if maybe, as the, as our listener pointed out, maybe that's kind of what he was referring to. And then it was, I couldn't remember his name, Ryan Phillips, who writes for the Tuscaloosa Patch, tweeted out a couple days ago, been thinking about what to say on this, and I'm just going to lay it out there. I had multiple independent sources saying the same thing the last several days. He said it might just be scuttlebutt spread from New York Times chasing a lead. But at this point... Can I go back in history a little bit with you, if you don't mind? I love history. All right. Years ago, when I was working at a different uh, radio station, and I obviously had a very good communication with Eddie Stanky and his family, and I was reading, I think it was USA Today. Do you... You're very familiar with Larry King, right? Sure. Did you consider him a very reputable source? I did. I, I thought Larry King said, I mean, I thought he was. He was writing a column, and in the column, he wrote a little tiny blurb that he heard Coach Stanky was 
suffering from cancer. Well, I immediately called the family, and they said, no, that's not a, that's not true. He, he didn't have cancer. He, he was out fishing, or I don't know what he was doing at the time, but, he, you know, he was fine. I said, well, do you know that Larry King, a very reputable TV show, all that, is reporting that? Somehow, someway, Mark, I got a hold of Larry King. I don't remember how I did it, I don't, but I really pushed on this and talked to him. I said, Larry, where did you get this from? He said, I heard it like third-hand at a gas station. And I, I may, I'm maybe a little off. He said, I heard it from another source, from another source. And, said, and you reported it? He said, yeah. Well, I had, to, I said, this family would like, and, and Eddie knew Larry King uh, from back when. So I guess they got in touch. But, and, and then the retraction, you couldn't even find it. It was buried somewhere. And, and then I started to wonder, wait a minute, how could somebody with his reputation just run with that? Like, well, I heard it from another source without even checking with the family or anything like that. Well, uh, Nathan took a, a phone call, and the qu caller asked, is the better question, why did the New York Times print it? Wouldn't they require evidence to print? And so this is where you get into the... <sighs> This is where you get into the process. Every news agency has a different process or protocol for printing stuff like this. Uh, I, I know back in the day it was two independent sources. Uh, now it's just you go to your editor and you tell them who you heard it from and who the source is and the background, and it's usually just a judgment call. Uh, now, I, I will freely admit that the criteria and the protocols have laxed over time. It takes a lot less to print stuff these days than it used to. So. To, to, to answer your question, is we can't really answer the question because we don't know what, what, they, what that information is. But a lot of it is based on relationships, uh, some factual information, and a little bit of faith. I mean, like, we had somebody that used to work here that, that, that went on the record and said, Nick Saban is not going to be the next coach at Alabama. Well... Where did he get that information from? Well, I can tell you he got it from one of Nick, the people that work very closely, the closest you could get to Nick Saban without it being a family member. I can, I can tell you that's who that was, who he heard that from. And when you hear it from that person, when they adamantly tell you he's not going to be the coach at Alabama, you're, you're going to believe it. Trust me when I tell you. It's not my place to to reveal who that person was, but you can put two and two together. I mean, think of the one person that Nick Saban would work with that isn't a family member that would have some insight into whether or not he's talking to people, and you're going to go with it. And as it turned out, things changed, and he got burned by it, but that doesn't make the report at the time any more or less accurate. Now, that's apples to oranges here compared to what we're talking about. But to answer your question is there's a lot of factors that go into it. I didn't even realize, and something you picked up on when I was working news in New Jersey and I had to cover the police beat, all lawyers, all the cases up there. You're exactly right. Uh, our MO was you had to have two sources before we could even write it. I don't care if it was a squirrel running across the street. You better have two sources before you go on. One time... I rem well, I'm not going to get into the story because it, it, it's, it's not fair, but 
there were occasions when a person did not have it, and they were really taken to the carpet. It wasn't me. It was other people I worked with. But I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel today, I, and I can't verify this because I don't work news and I don't work at these TV stations, but it seems to me that things have gotten a lot lack, more lax. Now, sports is a little bit different. You seems to me you can get away with a lot more than you can in news stories and, and not, let's say, expose yourself to getting sued it, it just seems like there would be enough technology out there to confirm whether or not an individual was actually there I, dash cam I, security cameras who never ever learned to read or write so well but he could play a guitar just like a ring in a bell go 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 johnny go 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 johnny go 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 johnny go 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 Welcome back in the Dr. Christopher Mullenix Championship Drive, Mark and Lee. In Air Sports One, we're at Cottage Hill Christian Academy. Why, when I hear that, do I think of Michael Fox in that movie? When, it's Back to the Future. Yeah, doing that. Because that's Chuck the Berry. best version of the song. Anyway, John Ricchetti is the best or version not. of the Miller Lite Golf Report. He's on the line with us right now. Looks like a crowded field in that PGA event, the Valspar Championship. Johnny, am I right about that? You're right on, Lee, on a very difficult golf course, uh, the Copperhead course down there, which, uh, you know, tree-lined golf course, uh, scoring is uh, at a premium, and uh, you guys, you mentioned, uh, three guys top the leaderboard at five under par, Ryan Breen, Stephen Jager, and Adam Schnook, but Adam, the play is underway as we speak, Adam Schnook has birdied the first hole, so he is your clubhouse leader at the moment, early in the round two, at six under par. Jordan Spieth in the field at four under par. JT playing. They got Sam Burns a couple under par too, who's uh, who's won this tournament numerous times. And our own uh, Robbie Shelton opened up with a one over par round, but uh, he is on the golf course as we speak, and he is one over in his round, so he's at two over for the championship. Needs to get to probably par out. I looked at the cut line just a moment ago. It looks like possibly one over will get in, but possibly two over might have an outside chance. So uh, Robbie Robbie Shelton's played five holes this morning, so he's going to have to get a, play a pretty solid last 13 holes for him in order to make the cut and get on the weekend. Also, some big news this week in the world of golf, the, R, the USGA and the RNA talking about rolling back the golf ball in 2026, possibly, uh, some, you know, to, to just for the ball not to go as far. Uh, and so forth. A lot of players not not really happy with ideas uh, with this idea, saying that uh, it's just not the right thing to do. That the game is in good shape. I'm I'm against rolling the ball uh, back. Uh, I don't under you know uh, you know people have asked me in the last 48 hours about this, and my stance is that today's game has changed a lot. We got more athletes playing. There's more technology on you know not only golf equipment but. Uh, outside with the track man and the radars that these guys are using, the physical fitness that these guys are doing, and just a golfer today is more than a, more of an athlete than it was say 30 years ago. So uh, I'm again, and if you look at the last 13 winners on the PGA Tour, 10 of the last 13 winners on the PGA Tour uh, in driving distance average from in 90th to 170th in that category so it's obviously that uh you know listen driving 
power sells. People love to watch people hit it far and so forth. But at the end of the day, you got to get the ball in the fairway, and you got to get the ball in the hole. So uh, I just don't think the average golfer uses a different golf ball than, than say, somebody who's going to play in the USGA or an RNA event. So we'll continue to monitor the story. Still a long way to go whether it's going to happen for sure. But uh, the USGA and the RNA came out with this earlier in the week, and it's caused uh, uh, stirred up a lot of controversy and talk in the world of golf. So we'll keep an eye on that story. Thank you very much, Johnny. Appreciate it. We'll check in with you on Monday, all right? All right. Have a great weekend. You too. I do want to thank Cottage Hill Christian Academy. I also want to thank Cottage Hill Baptist Church, American Waste Solutions, as well as Will Barnes Family of McDonald's Restaurants and Greer's Markets and Cash Saver. They are sponsors of our championship drive. Golf, <clears throat> this whole thing about golf and the, the ball and rolling it back and the length of golf course is so silly. Hey, by the way, speaking of, did you see what Freddie Couples said about Phil Mickelson on the live and all that? He called him a nutbag. A nutbag? He called him a nutbag. That's, quote, it's out there. Can't say I've uh, ever used that. I haven't I either. To, I might have to use it. I might have to add that one yeah. to the old lexicon. Well, nutbag Mickelson, uh, and relative to his uh, participation and comments he's made appearing on the Live Tour. You want to make uh, you want to make golf tougher and more interesting for the fans? Make the courses more difficult, not longer, but more difficult. Add some more traps. Add better pin placements. Add more rough. That's how you solve golf. Maybe problem. put a windmill over the hole and do stuff like that, like you That's do when you go to you miniature to golf. <laughs> like miniature golf. Uh, Bobby Champagne next. Stay with us. Christian Academy. Mark Hahn, Lucia Vaney, Triple G in the house. The house just happens to be Air Sports One. All right. Uh, we're hoping, uh, Nathan, let us know if you're able to get Bobby Champagne on so we can talk about what happened in Birmingham yesterday, uh, not only with Alabama, but obviously with Auburn, what with Houston. Uh, Bobby, one of the uh, uh, members of the Houston uh, coaching staff. So here's I wasn't totally optimistic about Auburn in the first game. I actually feel better facing Houston. The fact that, you know, they got off all over the hump. They beat Iowa. And the guard play was outstanding yesterday, especially Trey Donaldson. Mark, they have not really gotten very good play from their freshmen. Trehor has really added nothing. Uh, Westry went out with an injury early. We do have Bobby Champagne. Wonderful. Bobby, for those who don't remember, used to be on Ronnie Arrow's uh, roster as a uh, contributing player back when. And then I think, uh, and Bobby, you can correct me, I think you were a grad assistant with the program, but you became a head coach at North Alabama for a long, long time. So very familiar with the state of Alabama. And now you're with Kelvin Sampson of Houston. Good morning and congratulations on your opening win last night, Bobby. Congratulations. 
Thank you, Lee. I appreciate you uh, saying that I was a contributing player on the, on the roster. <laughs> you were the one that got drug tested, right? Don't they always have the bench players after the game get drug tested? No, I was not that guy. I was the guy. I was the guy that kept the uh, kept Jeff and Junie kept Jeff and Junie in line uh, when uh, Coach Arrow wasn't in the gym. I, the only reason I made reference to that, I, I, when I was doing the Arizona-South Alabama basketball game at the Pyramid in the 90s, it seemed like yeah. the guys at the end of the bench for Arizona were the ones that had to go take the drug test at midnight. None of their star players like Terry or whoever, they were yeah. gone. Okay, um, let's get right to the heart of it. Kelvin Sampson said, yeah, we're a number one seed, but we're really not a number one seed now because of the injury to Sasser. And then I think you had another guard, and I'm probably mispronouncing his name, Sheed or Shahid. What is the status yeah. going? What's their status? Well, let's get uh, to the hotel and got a quick meal and, and just a normal, normal routine where we, our trainer, John Houston, is one of the best in the business. Um, you know, we, we, our guys do ice baths, Norma Tech, um, game ready stuff to kind of, uh, get the swelling and bruises and bangs and all that stuff down. So we did that normal, normal deal. And then the guys went to bed. Um, so we hadn't breakfast is not till 10. Uh, I'm sure John will, will meet with, that, with the guys who were, who were banged up and it's quite a few of them. So I don't know the status. Obviously, Marcus Sasser um, um, made a basket and uh, felt a little tinge or something and so pulled himself out and didn't feel like he, he was uh, able to play the rest of the game. Shed got banged up. Uh, J1 Roberts got banged up. Jarris Walker got banged up. I mean, we're second week of March and St. Patrick's Day. A lot of games and a lot of minutes on those guys, so... Everybody, everybody's got it. Nobody's feeling sorry for us. Bobby, how much of a difference is the Houston Cougar team without Sasser at healthy or in the lineup? I mean, you, you take you take any first team All American out of the lineup, it kind of changes things. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing the biggest thing Marcus brings is his quiet leadership. Um, I think I think the mindset last night was. Um, was that they were planning on Marcus to be able to play. Uh, knew he wasn't maybe 100%, but thought that he was going to be able to uh, contribute uh, more than, than, than what he did. And I think when he went out mentally, it kind of messed with our guys a little bit. You know, when he, when he actually got hurt against Cincinnati, um, it was more of, uh, hey, let's step up. Let's step up for Marcus and uh, get this thing done for for him and get us to the final. Now I think uh, you know there's a little bit going on between their ears, thinking about how we're going to advance and beat Auburn and whatever. Um, if if Marcus is unable to um, to play up to his potential. So let's get to the Auburn game. That'll be around 6 o'clock tomorrow night in Birmingham. I want to get your take. Give us a preview of the game. And you might want to throw in about basically playing in Birmingham like Kelvin Sampson said earlier, but now you are playing Auburn with that home crowd there, and then how does that affect the game? And this, is, this, is, this is my statement, not Coach Sampson's. Uh, uh, 
if, if we were going to play, if we were going to play Auburn in the uh, Legacy Arena, we'd we'd have got uh, Knight Edie to put the thing together, and our guys would have got a lot of NIL money to play a uh, so-called neutral site. Um, interesting how the committee put this thing together. Auburn a nine seed got to play Iowa in a home game, and now they get to play uh, uh, Houston, a number one seed at home. It is what it is. I mean, it, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure last year Arizona was not real happy with us uh, playing them in San Antonio. The difference was we beat Illinois in Pittsburgh to earn the right to play in San Antonio. Um, you know, obviously Auburn has earned the right, right to be in the tournament um, with with their uh, their season and, and what they did in the SEC. But um, I don't think they would have been too happy uh, going to Des Moines and playing Iowa because that, that that was a first-round site. The committee could have sent them there and gave Iowa the, the home court advantage. It is what it is. I mean, we're, hopefully, hopefully we don't think too much about that and just go out there and play Auburn because Auburn is a really good team. And um, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna live to to uh, move on, uh, we got to figure out some kind of way to beat them. All right, give me kind of a preview, uh, maybe from a you know looking at it, uh, strengths, weaknesses, matchups. Uh, did you get to watch the Auburn game at all yesterday? And if so, were you impressed with their play? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I thought that the one guard. I, I'm bad with names. Um, the one guard that had his had his career career night. Uh, shot it well and kind of got them going. Um, Iowa never could get over the hump when they got it to to three or uh, two point game. Uh, Auburn came up with a with a big stop or uh, was able to uh, get the defensive rebound. I was never I was never able to make that big shot to kind of uh, put put Auburn back on their heels. Um, you know. I think I think Broome's been playing really well. Um, the little guards, again, I'm not good with names. The little guards, the transfer from Eastern Kentucky, um, has been playing well for them. And they've been, you know, other than the 30-point blowout at Kentucky, um, they've been playing well throughout the SEC. You know, played Alabama tough in both games. So um, it, it'll be interesting. It's a quick turnaround for both of us. Um, obviously, you know that's that's part of the coaching deal where you got to put together a scouting report in a short period of time and and uh, get ready to play. All right, uh, and we're talking to Bobby Champagne of the Houston coaching staff. He was he's in Birmingham, of course, with Houston. They won their game. Uh, give me a, a thought or two about Alabama's win over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. You don't even have to uh, really look at yesterday's game. And you played them in Houston this year where they won over Houston. Your thoughts on Alabama being the overall number one seed and the way they're playing right now? Well, I mean, you look at they they won they won their first round they won their first round NCAA game with their best player not scoring a basket. Um, so that says a lot about their depth and uh, and what what their uh, their overall team is like. So um you know, it was a good win for them. They uh, Corpus Christi couldn't couldn't hit uh, hit any shots. And if, if you're going to upset someone, uh, you've got to shoot the ball well. And they they, they never could could uh, shoot the ball and and knock it down. And that's that's what Corpus Christi has, has done throughout the season. Alabama's been good all year. I mean, Mark Sears has stepped up for him. Cornerly stepped up for him. Uh, 
Clowney was the guy that was really dominant against us um, early um, in December when they beat us in Fertitta. We were up 13 or 15 on them in the second half, and then all of a sudden Brandon Miller stepped up, and we we struggled to score. So uh, Alabama's got a chance to uh, to do do a lot of things in this tournament. But same deal, and you got to you got to bounce back from yesterday, whether you play good or bad, and uh, get ready for a different opponent tomorrow. Um, Maryland had a really really tough game with West Virginia, and obviously playing in the league that they played in, um, understand how difficult it is to um, to win, and it'll be a grinded-out game. You came to this state, while well, you came with South Alabama in the late 80s. Am I exaggerating to say that basketball in this state, and of course you coached at North Alabama, you follow basketball in the state. Is it a fever pitch now? Maybe the the best it's ever been. What with Alabama and Auburn doing what they're doing. Uh, you know, I, I think I think Coach uh, Sanderson and Coach Sonny Smith um, kind of had things going. Um, you know, if you look back to those, I mean, went, went won three straight SEC titles. Um, Sonny Smith had, had those good teams um, in in the early '80s. And they kind of had it had it going, and then it then it kind of went away for a little while. Um, Alabama got things going back with with uh, Coach Godfrey, where they got to the Elite Eight. But Auburn was always changing coaches. Um, you know what what Coach Oates and Coach Pearl have done has kind of got things going. Alabama's still a football state, like Texas is a football state. But uh, you know, Houston, Texas. Um, Texas Tech, we've got TCU, we've got a bunch of good basketball teams, Baylor, uh, in the state of Texas, but sometimes it's, uh, it takes a back seat, takes a back seat to, uh, to football. But uh, what, what Coach Sampson has done in his short time at Houston uh, would be hard for, for someone to, to say uh, that they've done better. Um, you know, it's I'm not real good with the numbers and all of those things, but I've seen a bunch of the, the amount of weeks that, that uh, Houston has been in the um, number one, the number of games that coaches won over his, his uh, short time at Houston is um, second to none. And Guy B. Lewis obviously um, was really, really great, but uh, coaches really turned, turned Houston, Houston around and, and, and ignited the city. One final question, Bobby, hypothetical. If Houston advances to the Final Four, would you rather play Alabama again or face somebody else? Um, Lee, I, I haven't even looked at the brackets because of all of the logistics stuff that I'm trying to handle. So um, if Houston is playing in the Final Four, I will be really happy whether we're playing Alabama, Alabama State, or Alabama A&M, it wouldn't matter to me because uh, getting there is a, is a... Again, it just, it's that feeling of it's there. I think we're going on to the second round or the whatever round we call it now, and then it's gone. And that's, that's, a, that's a gut punch. But, um, but you get to choose how you respond, and over time, um, it'll all be okay. I know that. But I feel for... For the guys and the staff, um, but certainly respect the job that Furman did.
very good team and uh, classy program, classy coach. All right, 853. Uh, that, of course, of course, Tony Bennett, coach. Not the singer. No, not the singer. The coach. Right. You, you, can you it's belt It's not unusual. Yeah. I was going to I was going to ask to be to loved it, but you did it. by anyone. <laughs> this dude, this dude's at every, every you did some karaoke back in the day. Yeah. Still do. Sometimes. Yeah. Might do some today down at St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Uh where? Well, our very own Matt McCoy will be broadcasting a live show from uh the O'Daly's Block Party that also oh. involves Pose, The Insider, Lee $1 Green Beers, people. To wash one dollar Green Beers. And they're open already. How about that? Why are we sitting here then? If only, Give if me only eight this, minutes. <laughs> if, if only the studio could drive itself. Can you, can you drive this down for us right to the uh, party? Have you all ever done a show while the bus is moving? Yes, I did. Did you I've, um, I we've did. had to move the bus from yeah. one location to another while we were on the air, like, you know, mm. 100 feet. I've said for years we should do a show just rolling down Airport or Cottage Hill or Highway 98. You remember like, Pablo? You know Pablo? Yes. Okay. We're up at Tuscaloosa. This is the morning of the Alabama-Auburn game. He has me parked 6 o'clock on one side. Guy comes over and says, get this vehicle out of here and get it out of here now, right as we're going on the air. So I was doing the show as he's going down Main Street in Tuscaloosa. I mean, we could give a play-by-play on getting through the tunnel and how we successfully did it. And, like, you could be – we could be backseat driving. Like, it would be a fun show. Right. Hey, guys, we're about to go through the t- tunnel. <laughs> go through the tunnel. Hold your breath. All right, guys, that was awesome. And that was the late-breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> wow, can't believe we covered that crazy story. Yeah. We won't touch that again. Wouldn't that be great? And we could just – and we could have multiple stops. We could go by and see a whole bunch of different people. How many high schools could we – let's do a high school game day next fall where we just go from – we just randomly pop up at different high schools. Start in Sims, work our way up. Whatever. And then we, we award the – what is this, like the Reader's Digest contest? Yes. Hey, knock on the door of the principal. <laughs> hey, you just won the Reader's Digest. Oh, no, you won the WNSP contest. Here's a Chick-fil-A. Here's Ed Mc, I mean, Lee Shervanian with your Chick-fil-A. Guys, uh, quickly want to tell you guys, if you're tired of getting nonstop solicitation calls and you're within a year of retirement, you need to call Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. He's been in the Medicare business for 13 years. He's an independent guy. He works with multiple carriers. He doesn't sell Medicare to you. He helps you navigate those questions that you have. So there's several people confused when they turn 65, but they're still working. Do they need to get Medicare? Do they stay on the health benefits that they have? That's where where Aiden Marks can come in and help you uh, make those informed decisions. So if you're confused, if you need local agent, Man, he's a local guy, he's knowledgeable, and he has a physical location. Go see him on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet, or he can come to you. Give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. All right, a lot of basketball today and uh, big basketball Saturday night. Can't we'll, wait for tomorrow. We'll tomorrow cover night, it all. But, all right, we got WNSP. We'll cover uh, NCAA coverage tonight beginning at 6 o'clock. The games actually get underway at 11.15. Uh, today with, uh, I think, Michigan State and Southern Cal. Now, tomorrow there's very few games in the daytime, Mark. Most of the action's after 4 o'clock. I think Furman and San Diego State's the first game. But the games that we have the most interest in, Auburn, Houston at 6-10. They'll be on TBS. And then Alabama 
against Maryland. That'll follow at 840, and that will, of course, be broadcast on WNSP, and that'll also be a TBS game. So is this the one where Alabama loses, Nick? I know you made a guarantee. Can you specify that which, which round they're losing in, Nick? Is it this one or the next one? They will not make it to the Final Four. Oh, that's that's the guarantee. Okay. Right. Well, I originally had him going in the Elite Eight. Then last week it was the Sweet 16 you had him going out in. So no, 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 no. The guarantee is that they will not make it past the Elite Eight. Therefore, they will not play that's in the Final one of those, Four. Do you take this team or the field bets? Like, look, man. They well, called me gonna, a madman. If you're going to give me the field, no, we call you a lot of things. Madman, not one of them. Would you take the field or Alabama? Would you take the field or Alabama? Well, you would take the field. You take the field. I take the field. Yeah, any person with common sense would. I take the field. Well, that's what I'm saying. I guess there's not. I guess it ain't that common then, because people think I'm crazy. No, it just because I think you tweak the guarantee a little bit. I, I would think, never. I, I think there's something. Me? That, I think there was something that syrup. <laughs> yeah. By the way, where is that syrup? I'm still not done. Yeah. Well. The guy saw you sipping it out the nozzle. He had to come in and take it away. That was yeah. the only reason that guy walked if, out of that building and came Will in If Will Ferrell here. can do it, I can do yeah. it. Buddy the Elf has a grandfather. His name is Lee Shervanian. <laughs> I love syrup. I uh, <laughs> uh, love syrup. My name's Lee Shervanian, and I'm an addict. <laughs> All right. Uh, that does it for another week of the opening kickoff. Appreciate everybody being a part of it. Thanks uh, to Nathan back at the studios. We'll be back Monday at 6. Until then, see you.